0: Welcome back to the Cinema Time Capsule Podcast. This episode, we're talking about John Hughes' teen films with our friend Mary Kennedy. As usual, your hosts are Child of the 80s Jeff and Dr. Retro Joel.
1: Cinema Time Capsule's mission is to curate and compile the best genre movies of the 80s for future generations to enjoy. We review the movies with help from our esteemed guests to decide collectively if they are as good as we remember them. The movies that are placed in the Cinema Time Capsule are chosen by you, the viewer. So head to the lobby and get yourself a treat. This episode, we're reviewing 80s John Hughes movies. I am your host, child of the 80s Jeff. And alongside me is my co-host, the doctor of all things retro, Joel.
2: Hey, 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 hey! Yeah. Hopefully you all remember that. This episode, our special guest is our longtime friend, and realized over 30 years, Mary from Stony Creek. We've known Mary since grade nine. She works for a local library. She is an appreciator of art and Christmas bazaars a wonderful singer, a seeker of justice, daughter, sister, partner to a laid-back, cool dude, aunt to Molly, and our friend. So you shared the stage with a child of the 80s during our high school years, which he still uses to claim, claim some credibility some to his performance. Had me a
1: blast. Resume. I'm not doing it. Come on, let's, come on.
2: <laughs> Met a
1: girl, create, sorry. Well, she would always be on key, and I'd be like... Drowning, trying to find the <laughs>
2: the sound, what, what's the sound the key? man was like turning his yeah. microphone
1: yeah.
3: down. He didn't have autotune in the 90s, I don't think. No.
2: Well,
1: thank you for being here, Mary. We really appreciate it. Uh, just before we begin, could you like give us a little background? Tell us when you were you born, maybe a favorite toy or, you know, TV show or something from the era.
3: Sure. So I was born in 1978 and... Um, so wait a second. She's way smarter than Stop. us. Stop. <laughs> wait a you second. You didn't know that? Yeah. I Dial wondered if you didn't remember what? that. What? Yeah. You're
1: you're younger than us? Yeah, so I So, so I you're skip. smarter than us. Yes. Uh
3: you, I don't know about wait a that. second. I was maybe smarter than you when I was this five. This is a years bombshell. Back. This is a bombshell
1: already. <laughs> We're like 3 minutes in.
3: I knew that was going to hit. Yep. You yeah. You didn't I remember? Running, I remember that right I, away. Yeah, I skipped yeah. kindergarten. 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 Wow. Yeah.
1: I was almost held back from <laughs> kindergarten. So it was it,
2: close. We can tell. Yeah. Should, you probably should have. Been. Oh, my gosh. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted No, that's okay.
2: Yeah. I was that's just right. thrown back. Yeah, okay, so continue. We're dealing with genius here today.
3: <clears throat> Look out. Very young person. <laughs> wow. Um, I was trying to think of 80s movies and like things that I loved in the 80s. I'm, I think I have to go to books mm-hmm. oh. and talk about. My obsession with the Babysitter's Club. Sure.
1: I love those covers. Yep.
3: Yeah. Sweet Valley High. <laughs> and I think that was where my love of reading and sort of like, mm. and I could also get away with reading things that I probably couldn't have watched my parents would, did not approve of Sweet Valley High, but it's like you can slip oh, it under your bed and no one will know.
2: Right. And so, what parent's going to get mad at you for reading?
3: Yeah. I, I think my mom, I think she read one one time, like a, the cover of one. and was like, what are you? This is <laughs> garbage. But I love them. And mm. it was, yeah. So I think that's kind of what I think of when I think of the 80s. Cool. What I was into. I
1: mean, yeah. like I, I really didn't read until I was an adult. I read um,
2: all the monster books.
1: Well, yeah, but I looked at the pictures. Right. Like, I wasn't True, reading text. No. <laughs> I would read Choose Your Own Adventure. That was my thing. Oh, Those it was, were great. Well, it's like yeah. five pages, and yeah, you and felt you like you like, oh, did, did something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right? Joel, did you read books? Heck yeah, I read a lot of books. Name one book. I did read a lot of Choose Your Own Adventure. For sure, I read some uh, Babysitter's Club. Uh, you read Babysitter awesome. Club? Yeah, a few of them. Wow, cool. Um, lots of, remember uh, uh, Henry and. Oh, yeah.
3: Henry Huggins, Henry Huggins, yeah, yes, yeah.
2: and uh, Ramona and Beezus, Ramona, yeah, I love. Those
3: I books. did love the
0: Super those...
2: Fudge. I
1: still
3: read yeah, Super Judy Fudge Judy
0: to my students. I think I read that, yeah. But we, yeah, we would wasn't, always go. Sorry, I to... interrupt. Wasn't Ramona? Wasn't that Beverly? Cleary? Beverly Cleary yes, and, then Super and that Super Fudge, Judy Bloom. Out,
1: that yep. was Judy. Yeah. Blume. yeah, I like those. I like when people would read them to me, though. Like I didn't like.
2: <laughs> We did like go into the library because it was around the corner from our house. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go and have the library and read in the storybook corner and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you read a book, Simon?
0: Ever? I read lots of books. Name one. (laughs) Well, I read all of those. Well, I didn't read Sweet Valley High. I didn't read Baby's Club. But all those, uh, Ramona Quinby and Henry and all those books and all the old books. Did you read *Charlie and the Chocolate Factory*? Yeah, I read That's those. Cool. I mean, I read those are good ones. There was James a the series mm. when I was younger called *The Great Brain*. Mm. It was about a Mormon kid in the like hmm. 1800s. He was oh, actually yeah? really good. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be gifted and all. I don't know. I barely remember. I remember reading all of them and cool. really enjoying them. I did not know that. There's them, a well. n-
1: there's another episode we're going to do books from the 80s, Mary. So oh, yeah, we'll yeah have right you back That's that. awesome. <laughs> That's I won't have a lot really to shy. add, but... Yeah. Well, we, your parts could be picture books from the 80s. <laughs> I do. I love the picture books. I, would, I was all about pictures, so that's pop, reading. That's pop still up reading. the pop-up books? The pop-up books? Oh, I love pop-up mm-hmm. The ones that Richard Scarry books you could open up? Oh, um, those books yeah. are so great. Okay. So this is not about books. No. But thank you for giving us that trip down memory lane. You're welcome. For this episode, we're reviewing john hughes teen movies he was a little known director um from the 80s rachel
2: i i, I learned of him for this episode
1: um john hughes wrote six films specifically for the teen audience as always each of us selected two that we would like to champion for the cinema time capsule mary chose
3: i chose the breakfast club in pretty and pink
1: i chose 16 candles
2: and weird science and I chose Ferris Bueller's Day Off and some kind of wonderful. Some of the other notable '80s films written and/or directed by these John are bangers, Hughes. aren't they? Uh, some of them. Like, yeah. These are. They're, these are. This they is they the were, '80s. They were huge hits. I think almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, Class Reunion '82, probably the least known. I've never seen that one. I have to admit it. Don't know it. Uh, Vacation. Loved uh, it. Which was uh, huge. Mister Mom. I remember that one. Savage Islands. I've never seen that one. Uh, then the, the teen movies we referenced. And then into 87, we have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which we've uh, placed in the Cinema Time capsule. She's Having a Baby in 88, Great Outdoors in 88, John Candy. More John Candy with Uncle Buck, UB. In '89, <laughs> and then Christmas Vacation, which uh, is an annual
1: classic. He also did European Vacation. Yeah, I love all the vacation movies in the 80s. Oh, I,
2: I was only allowed to see Christmas Vacation.
3: I think I've seen the beginning of Christmas Vacation about 30 times, and I don't, have no idea how it ends. Really? Yeah, and I don't know why. I think it just frustrates me, and I lose <laughs> like get I lose my attention or something.
1: What at what point do you get frustrated?
3: I think the neighbors. There's something where the lights are coming in. That's the last thing I remember from that movie. That might even not that's a mate like edge.
2: Why is the carpet wet? Todd. <laughs> I end. don't know, Margot. <laughs> Sorry. Like it, this happens. Maybe to this us all the time. this'll be the year that you watch the maybe
3: whole I thing. Maybe I should commit. I don't know. Yeah. Now I've like inoculated myself after watching these <laughs> other movies. <laughs> I can do it.
1: And his uh, last gra- I think his last great film um, falls out of the eighties. It's Home Alone. And then kind of after that, he continues to write, um, um, continues to direct. But I, there's a little bit of this the stardust
2: that kind of starts used to... Up yeah, I peers. think so. So to lead our discussion, what makes 80s John Hughes teen movies unique in comparison with others from maybe other directors or previous decades? What are your thoughts? What do you think,
1: Mary? Do you want to jump in here?
3: Um. Well, you and you notice you note that there's um, the adult actors and teens, and it's I don't think I noticed it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it's quite evident, and I found it just sort of a little bit jarring in these movies. Did you find that like just oh, the yeah. a few of them? Yeah, you're looking and you're like that yeah. looks like a child, and that yeah. looks like. An adult. Yeah,
2: that's mom and that's their kid. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah.
3: Um, so that's, I guess that obviously is a bit of a trend in the movies. So I don't know. I, I found that kind of interesting. Sure, go yeah, for it. Yeah, I
2: think it. the uh, the fact that he uses a lot of the same actors, mm. you know, we, we talked uh, about how Molly Ringwald had parts written for her or a, mo- a full movie essentially written for her uh, reusing them and they became icons of the era, because of their roles in these in these films, yeah, and they became um, the
1: brat pack. Yep, and I mm. had posters
2: of them all over my room.
1: Did you? Yeah, like from Tiger Beat and mm. yep. See, Bob. I did read. Yeah, or, no Beat. pictures. You looked at pictures. I looked. Yeah, like I would read the bio, <laughs> right, and then find out who
2: was Pisces because I'm Pisces. <laughs> and and how be... much older are they than me? No, they definitely wouldn't be waiting to date me. No, <laughs> no course
1: i was hoping Mm -hmm. yes molly ringwell would call me but she never did um there's so many um for me the music was a huge Mm -hmm. um draw and it's kind of a thing onto itself almost Mm -hmm. like the soundtracks are so iconic and he really curated them based on what he thought teens would watch or Mm -hmm. sorry not watch listen to Mm -hmm. and then he went right to the bands and said hey could you put something together for this movie?
2: And there's even yeah, we'll probably get to there's references um, between movies to different bands, like the ba- one band is in one movie, and then it, like the name or poster is in the in another movie for that band.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He just really focused on um, British pop bands at the time right. too, right? So it kind of yep. went over the sea to find different music, maybe that wasn't so known in the states Mm -hmm. so that really jumps out as well
2: yep and the and you had highlighted the one validating teens as people Mm -hmm. this is the focus yeah tends to uh mock almost adults The parents tend to be fools either lovable and making bad choices or total duffs like they're just dummies yeah um and, or really
3: mean, or cold, yep. or yeah, like very almost harsh, harsh characters. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and a high focus on the class struggles. Uh, a lot so. of the yeah. working class, lower income uh, characters versus the upper income kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of battling between between those.
1: And there's a really big emphasis on cliques. Yep. Right? Like, really drilling into the cliques, like everyone has their own niche, mm-hmm. and he really drills into that and explores it in a way that I don't think other filmmakers maybe had done before that. The other but, thing... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: But at the same time, each movie, I think, had a character or even the main character that wasn't in it, like was not in a clique. They didn't fit in Right. every single one. Uh, they might have had their one friend or two friends, but then they were not cool. Um, they were finding their place, they, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that emphasis of like the underdog, yep. the awkward person trying to to gain some traction. Yep. Um, the other thing is
2: Chicago. Yeah,
3: I love that. It's
2: basically a character in
1: a lot yeah. of
3: the movies. Yeah, Weird Science we watched last night, and it actually starts with a poster of Chicago, like the first, I think, the first shot, mm-hmm. other than the opening scene. And yeah, it's I love seeing Chicago. I love Chicago. The suburbs are in- incredible. Like, I didn't realize how I, – I don't think I put it together, how, like – massive those mansions are yeah neither did i yeah
1: i just thought that's how americans live totally
3: (laughs) yeah you're like oh i guess i don't have much money because when
1: you're a kid watching it you're just like oh this is how these people
2: live right all the houses are uh 10 bedrooms yeah
3: (laughs) yeah you can
1: get
2: lost in them Mm -hmm. um i think uh
1: he moves off he moves from kind of like the teen genre as well as he gets through into the 80s and then he goes off into more adult type things as well True. so
2: yeah like that's a good point with she's having a baby is sort of like yeah the transition out of teen to like oh he's a young couple i didn't even think of that
1: yeah and <laughs> and so he he really follows maybe i don't know the family trend mm-hmm. I, in the 90s he actually made a movie about a baby so mm-hmm. like oh. an actual right i forget what it was called like, Baby's Day Out, or something like that. So no. he's covered well, every si- generation. Jumbo Sorry. video. What are, was it?
0: Are you talking about Look Who's Talking?
1: No, 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 no. No, no. he didn't. That do wasn't Johnny's. No, okay.
0: It was something like B. I don't know. I'll look it up. Baby,
1: I, I'm going to say Baby's Day Out. Okay. Okay. And then I want a donut for that.
2: The other <laughs> interesting thing he did, I don't think other people did, was uh, The Fourth Wall. Mm-hmm. In every movie, there's, I think, at least one scene. Of, With
1: a nod to the camera,
2: yeah, where the the actor will look directly into the camera. Uh, obviously, one movie does it more than the others, but every, I think every movie had a scene.
3: Yeah, I saw. I, I didn't realize that. I was I obviously thought of Ferris Bueller, yeah. but um, when you when I I read that in the notes, I thought, oh, that's. So I was kind of looking for mm-hmm. it, and he does even in Weird Science, he kind of looks for one second, yeah, and then yeah. and then goes back to the film. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's fun to look for that.
1: Even though like he's very ubiquitous through the '80s, did you guys notice any problematic aspects? No, when you're no, this is, all, this is all like really all great, good.
2: very encouraging, uh, progressive. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, like because when you're watching it,
1: you know, as a kid, yeah, you're just taking it at face value, right? Like we watched these movies probably when we were kids, which is problematic because they're teaching us how to become mm-hmm. adolescents, which is probably not the best. I didn't like. See these I wanted to be a teenager for oh, sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, so I don't think them. I did either. I yeah. was watching these, and that's how I wanted yep. to be a teenager. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I was probably a young teen, mm-hmm. but I was definitely not. Like, I did not watch these in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I probably watched them like early nineties when we were in high school. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about just how influential over culture he was. Like, you mm-hmm. think of like this is this is what you thought he did the, he did the teen movies, really, mm-hmm. and, and you, that is what you would look to to watch these movies over and over again. It wasn't like there was so much to watch, so yeah, you kind of just got them in your brain and it it was interesting watching them and looking back and thinking, hmm <laughs> I I, how, yeah. how yeah. much influence this had I thought me. it was
1: cool to be John Bender, you know yeah, right. yeah but then you know
2: after watching it again, I'm like, mm." what especially you watching it now as a teacher.
1: Yeah. Like, with
2: with kids of your own. Oh, but, I would
1: never watch this with my
2: students. Right. But,
1: what are you talking but about? But you but I wonder That's if crazy. can you no.
2: look at it and go, Oh man, they gave that principal a hard time. He did not deserve that. Um <laughs> he had a point. Yeah. Vernon had some problems
1: though. He like, did it. True. Number one, Simon, would you
2: would you have a detention on
1: a
0: Saturday?
3: <laughs> that was the most problematic. <laughs> well, thing what? Of First of all. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would never come to work on a Saturday, so forget about it, right? No. Just wander Um, around the school. No. No. (laughs) Saturdays are for not going to work. Right. Um, By the way, Jeff is correct. Baby's Day Out, 1994. After three kidnappers lose the baby, they have kidnapped both the cops and the kidnappers go looking for the baby. That's Coming the Coming to theaters version. near
2: you. That, that was a
0: great one. So I did notice um, huge objectification
1: of women, um, some gratuitous nudity. Yeah. Um, There's racialized tropes. Um, oh, yeah. Mostly like 16 Candles I really picked up on that Mm -hmm. Um, Homophobic slurs And the one thing that we did um, Land on was Molly Ringwald's um, Article in the New Yorker um, And her response To the Me Too movement um, uh, In cinema specifically And John Hughes Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I don't want to get too heavy But I I thought that was an important piece To to, um, pull together
3: yeah, it was it was excellently written, I thought. Um, she really talks about too I, I found it interesting when she talks about how many people over the years, um, like people in the gay community, people um, outside of sort of the white community talking about how much those movies meant to them and how they managed to kind of even though they're so excluded or actually being sort of, I don't know, hostily treated, mm-hmm. um, that they managed to kind of see themselves in certain characters. And I thought that was really an interesting point too. like the, the character we'll get to him later, but of Ducky. And, uh, I was watching that thinking, you know, that's, that maybe would be a gay character today. Um, if we were making this movie. Um, so that was interesting. And yeah, I, yeah, th- there's lots, as we go through, I think, well, I was thinking of her thoughts, like, as I was watching the movies and sort of thinking of, yeah, yeah cause, her experience.
1: Because if she's not giving the movies a free pass, then the viewer can't really give it a free pass either. Like he could, mm-hmm. but but once you've once you've heard her perspective, then you have to go put that lens over it as well yeah. uh, to give respect to the actor too.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, and her conversation with the woman. I think it was the woman from Sixteen Candles, That's right. and mm-hmm. how that. That was really interesting. Just thinking of how she must have experienced that and how she in the, in the intervening years has processed it. Um, because she is very poorly treated in that movie. It's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to watch, I think. Um, and she sort of says, no, I I think, I think she says in the, in the, in the piece that she's has her own part to play. And, uh, yeah, I didn't see it that way, but you know, every every woman or every person who's been through something like this has to process it in their own way and give them permission to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I appreciated the nuance of her mm-hmm. response that exactly said, Jeff, she doesn't give it a pass, but she also doesn't just outright condemn it. Yeah, especially like you said, Mary, that other people have said, even though I wasn't that wasn't about me or my community and maybe they, we would say, well, that was actually mocking mm-hmm. um, that they found something that they could relate to, appreciate, which I, I always value that of um, finding, trying to find a third way rather than just, is it right or yes. wrong? Is it a binary we can only accept or reject? Absolutely. And things, and she's, I think she wrote in there, like, uh, she used the phrase, and yet, and yet she repeated mm-hmm. it because like yes this wasn't good but here's things that people found valuable Mm -hmm. and i really like that and
1: Mm -hmm. these films are all um this is the zeitgeist of the 80s so we're gonna get into these films we're gonna um pull them apart and we're gonna put them back together and we'll do that next
4: so i mean what's the story i mean you got a guy or yes three big ones and they less went blood her name is samantha baker and today is her 16th birthday. Fred, she's gotten her boobies. Oh, <laughs> I'd better go get my magnifying glass. They forgot my birthday. Classic. This is the single worst day of my entire life. Universal Pictures presents. Score a direct hit. 16 candles. <laughs> you say it's your birthday. <laughs> As Mama ever do. The story of a girl who's stuck with a guy who's driving her crazy. Oh, nice manners, babe. And stuck on a guy she's crazy about. Who's Jake? Jake Ryan? Jake's my boy. Jake is a senior, and he's beautiful and perfect. He doesn't even know you exist. <sighs> he smiles at me, and I don't say anything. I can't believe I'm such a jerk. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. Do you know Samantha Baker kids are looking at me a lot it's kind of cool the way she's always looking at me maybe she's retarded what's happening hot stuff his name is long duck dong nothing could shock me anymore underpants can I buy you underpants for 10 minutes girls, girls underpants, underpants. Hate that rock and roll rubbish? Everybody in this family has just gone totally out of limits. You hey guys, you just gotta be cool. You just gotta chill out and just be cool. Just watch me. <laughs> Why, you little scuzzbag. Unless you take Carolyn home. She's so blitz, she won't know the difference. Jake, I don't have a car. You can take mine. Get out of here before anything else terrible happens. She's stuck between a half very hot very hot and a heartbreaker. I want a serious girlfriend, somebody I can love, it's gonna love me back. Pretty intense, huh? Over. Everyone she knows is either on her case. You know you're the one I wanna bug, huh? Or out of their tree.
5: Mom's eye!
4: It only happens once in a lifetime. This has got to be a joke. And once? Is
2: enough. Happy birthday, Samantha. This is getting good. 16 candles. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Let's get it on.
1: All right. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. In the less in this corner. Yes. Uh,
2: Weighing in at 1984. (laughs) We are starting with 16 candles. Rated PG. And uh this was child of the 80s. How did this get a PG rating? First selection. Well, that's we could probably say that for every single one of these movies. Uh, this should not be PG. Um this is starring
1: Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, Gide Watanabe, John Cusack, and I threw in Billy Bird as the most recognizable older the mm, grandma. Yes. She was in a couple different yep. um shows and I just really liked her. Written and directed by John Hughes. The soundtrack highlight. I love the soundtrack. Spando Ballet, uh, Kajagugu, um, did the instrumental at the beginning, so it's like a no vocals, killer mm-hmm. baseline. Uh, Billy Idol's in there, and at the end, um, if you were here, Thompson Twins. There's mm-hmm. no. I didn't hear Sixteen Candles. No, nope, it's not all. in there. So it was just a clever name, I guess. Mm-hmm. With the occasion all but overshadowed by her sister's upcoming wedding, angst-ridden Samantha played by Molly Ringwald, faces her 16th birthday with typical adolescent dread. Samantha pines for the studly older boy, Jake, played by Michael... um, but worries that her chastity will be a turnoff for the popular senior. Meanwhile, Samantha must constantly rebuff the affections of nerdy Ted, played by Anthony Michael Hall, the only boy in school, unfortunately who seems to take an interest in her. And that's
2: uh, that's a synopsis that I what did, did not uh, write. That's true. But what did uh, our favorite critic, Roger Ebert, have to say, Jeff? Okay,
1: so normally, every time we pull up a Roger Ebert, he just hates films. Right. <laughs> every well, the ones film. that we like, he doesn't he Every single like. film. Yeah. I The trend here was every time I pulled up a Roger Ebert, he liked it. Hmm.
2: Really? So, yeah Something... Maybe he was a fan of John Hughes. I don't know. Had a Um, soft spot.
1: Yeah. So this is a fresh and cheerful movie with a goofy sense of humor and good ear
2: work for how teenagers talk. That's Roger Ebert. Which I wonder how he knew.
3: Yeah. I don't think he did.
2: Yeah. Strike me (laughs) as like a real cool dude. No. No. he, He definitely wasn't especially to the movie industry why did you choose this movie for the cinema time capsule
1: okay so we were talking you guys said you hadn't seen these movies um until you were teenagers and this was like a film always on tv okay i have no idea how you missed it probably didn't i didn't have cable for a lot of those years
3: city tv maybe
1: um maybe city i don't know it was like it was on in the afternoons i would see it Hmm. um so I pro- I primarily remember the TV edit. I remember oh, yeah. the TV edit of this one and uh, Breakfast Club me quite too. a bit. Hmm. Um, because I didn't notice any swearing, and this movie to me had no nudity. So I thought it was pretty tame until I watched the original <laughs> theatrical version. I was going to show this to my 15-year-old daughter, oh, God. and I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, normally I'll, like, say, hey, you Mm want to take a look at this movie? And, like, um, yeah, well, we'll get into why I'm glad I didn't show it. Um, I watched this as a kid, and although it, you know, it was made for teens, I felt like I was learning how to be a teen Mm -hmm. through these types of movies, which we already talked about. Um, You know, some of the content um, I'm realizing now is a little bit problematic, but I think the thing that hit me was at the end of the day, every teen is just, like, looking to fit in and find love and, mm-hmm. and we're just hoping that we have someone to help us blow our birthday candles out with.
3: Aww. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank what? you. I thought about that, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, for a while. Poetic. It's a sweet ending. And then is. I wrote it down and I thought it sounded pretty good.
2: It does. Very nice. Thanks. Uh, what were you, um, <laughs> most memorable quotes? Okay. I didn't write this quote. You did. So I you do. <laughs> it is funny
1: when, uh, when, but say pop. it in an Anglo. way, don't, <laughs> oh, don't. What?
2: But he does it so funny
1: please. when his head pops down from the top. That, okay, that we're yeah. right into it right away. That is What's like in I, hot stuff like that. What an iconic scene with his hair. Yeah, like his hair is perfect. Yeah, his hair looks great. The way it looks like it's standing on end. Yeah, and um,
2: yeah, I love that.
3: I love that.
1: And
2: part. I did like I liked the other the other mm-hmm. quote I wrote was when the dad, who uh, was the scientist in Strange Brew, of course. Yes uh paul dooley um, paul yes dooley, i think yeah. so uh and he's looking he says where's my briefcase and then the son says where you le- <laughs> where you probably where you left it which is a line that i say all the time i say it all the time house.
1: to my family and they just <laughs> they hate that <laughs>
2: um yeah i um
1: i love the brother in this The film. brother
3: is funny you did that mention that was my that. one. That was my one. Really, high, my one high point. I thought the brother was really funny. Really, he yes. was when he wasn't being racist. He was funny. I
2: didn't. I found that in each of these movies, there's a, a little brother who is a jerk, and I didn't. I didn't like them. You didn't
3: connect to any of them.
2: No, maybe, I thought he
1: was so funny.
2: I, think, I thought he was funny yeah, too. Yeah, tried to sofa.
1: Be, but what sofa was, city sweetheart? That's what he says <laughs> yeah. to Molly Ringwald when she's wondering. Throwing she's, on his headphones yeah. with his Walkman.
2: Yeah, I loved that. Oh, the
3: little details like that are so fun yeah. to watch. There's always mm-hmm. a sibling. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think, so I I had a really um, fun time with the movie, though. Mm-hmm. I was laughing by myself. Like, I wasn't watching with anyone else, and I was mm-hmm. chuckling to myself. The chin-up scene. Yeah. You guys remember that yes. scene? They're well, both... then
2: they, they're, it's a close-up of the two guys. <laughs>
3: Oh the yeah. two what jocks, was up Jake, with that? Jake and then, so uh, then they <laughs> fall back. So just so they could be in the shot together no no, <laughs> no it was just
1: a gag because they're standing then they're actually standing oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. they're not I doing they're not actually <laughs> doing the work and you think whoa these guys are like super buff <laughs> these guys are buff men
2: and well they were men I think they were
3: both they were yes.
1: 24 yeah mm-hmm. um his friend Jake.
3: looked ex- especially old yes yeah
2: and Jake Jake was a hunk. Very nice-looking man. I yeah. Great chin. I mm-hmm. couldn't believe after watching this. I thought, how was he not
1: in a ton of movies? Yeah. Maybe one. Maybe he was just like a one-dimensional. I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that to. He. Did, I thought he him. did a good job too. He was like.
3: I did too. It's a kind of a weird role, but
2: yeah. And I thought that because he could have been a, a total creep, mm-hmm. he. But he. They didn't keep him as that. Like no. you know, he's the rich kid, and he has the. Rich girlfriend who's obnoxious, mm-hmm. but he takes an interest in Samantha, who's younger and doesn't have anything obvious that would be socially beneficial to him, right? Um, but he and he didn't try and take advantage of her in the way that lots of movies would s- suppose the the hunk would.
3: But. Yeah,
1: he was all, the only other movie of note I found him in was Mermaids. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is good with Cher. He disappeared after walk.
2: they said he did a couple years, and then he left Hollywood. Um, and so he just hmm. is a guy working at a regular job now. Interesting.
1: Um, any other things that you, stood out for you or you know, of interest that you thought was interesting? Either good or bad?
2: <laughs> you can go ahead or...
3: No, you go okay. ahead, Joel. I so, don't have much okay. for this. Okay,
2: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. There's plenty of the obvious things that are problematic, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's um, focused on Samantha. Um, like what we we did the previous episode on teen movies, the Bestel test. Like she's the whole movie spent just uh, in some. There's some nice scenes in terms of her looking for her family's attention, yeah. particularly her parents. Um, that's definitely relatable. It's mostly focused on the boy that she likes so which mm. at the same time at that age yeah uh, i'm guessing uh, yeah. uh we're at we are looking for attention in that way uh from whoever we we find attractive or interested in uh so it, that way it's that seems r- realistic yeah um, and,
3: and i think the Bechtel test is when you look at movies like this the men the men are doing the same thing. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what these movies True. are about. Yep. So I don't, don't doesn't bother me so much the woman being obsessed with the man and because usually the man is also yeah. obsessed and that's with the what, woman. And yeah.
2: that's, that, you're right. That's a good point that Jake was also, that was a focus yeah. of him. Completely. Yeah. Um, there, and I thought there were a lot of good scenes that captured the genuine angst and struggle of being an adolescent. Um, and like say Samantha in particular, passing notes, which I'm guessing we all did, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, remember so, notes because no one passes notes and anymore. they just text. Oh, I guess not. It's yeah. so disappointing, yeah. Now you can't yeah. find it as the teacher on the floor, yeah. Room. Um, and then she's psyching herself up to try and talk to Jake, but then freaks out as soon as he's there. She's questioning who she is, and and like Farmer Ted. I related uh, a lot to Farmer Ted because oh, sure.
1: I was a ginger. Right. And Are. Well, I am, but I'm kind <laughs> of going white, so I kind of look blonde now. <laughs> yeah. But my wife, um, seeing pictures of me as a teen, said, oh, you're um, Anthony Michael Hall. And mm. I'm like, that's not great, because he played <laughs> a geek and everything. Right. But I think he was a strong character in this movie. He's trying
2: really hard. That, so, th- yeah, mm. he's he's gross in some ways. Oh, he's very gross. But other, I can see him he's trying so hard to fit in and be over the top to try and gain credibility, which is where it crosses the line. Um, so I, I could appreciate him from that angle. I love like when he leans on
1: the, um, he's leaning, he's trying to be cool. And he leans up on this, like, um, like, I don't know, um, shelving unit yeah. in, a, and, and he knocks yeah. the whole thing over. <laughs> that this was is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did like his interaction with his nerd friends as well.
3: Yeah. I just, I, I know John, we talked about John Cusack being in this movie. I, I don't believe him as a nerd.
1: He mm. di- I thought he did so well. He's too though. cool. He and is he cool. Just, and
3: you can almost see on his face, he's like, know, he knows God. he's
1: I, destined I, He should have <laughs> yes. yeah.
2: Well, and I don't know if in this movie, the other nerd. I I do not like him because every scene when people are, like, yelling at him, he basically has a smile. It's like he can't control himself. Mm. That's the way it looked to me that he's, like, breaking character constantly. (laughs) I didn't notice that.
1: I just love, like, all the nerd gadgets they had. They had tons of nerd gadgets. And I thought it was awesome. (laughs) The other thing that jumped out for me was the bus scene. I loved the bus Mm. scene. Like, just painting it as a bunch of misfits. Right. Traveling together, you've got Joan Cusack's in there with right. the the, the, the neck.
3: Oh, a neck brace, right? The yeah. neck yeah.
1: brace, mm-hmm. and they're like driving, and there's like a kazoo like sound going, and it's just like so amazing to see all these misfits in a bus together.
2: Yeah, and I thought the dad was fantastic, uh, Paul Dooley. I thought mm-hmm. he did a really good job being just like out to lunch in some ways but then that the, the scene the when he comes of, yeah. down yeah. and and when he realizes that they forgot her mm-hmm. birthday that was a very heartwarming scene and i yeah, thought I was see. well acted by both
1: should we talk about um um long duck dong because this is like a big focal point of the movie mm-hmm. right and a lot of people don't want to talk about it anymore
3: don't want to talk about the movie or, or D- him, long duck the dong the, yeah. the
1: inclusion of long duck dong yeah
3: it's not great. And the gong every time they say yeah. his name or they say, like it's, it's just like, I, you oh know what? I picked God. up on that. I'm like, what is it going could on be, here? Oh, it's I, just so hard to separate. And I, I, I really don't like his character by the end. Like the way he's <laughs> behaving I, with that woman. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh my I God. I thought
2: they could crazy. have, if they, if they wrote it differently, because mm-hmm. really it's the adults, the, who are the most racist and problematic? They're the ones that they're say using all the, Long
1: Duck Dong yeah. for. He's a, they're slave, right? They they get the they get a, a foreign exchange student, and then they're bragging to their other wealthy, right. you know, family members. Family yeah. members. Oh well, we get him to do the lawn, and he's washing our
2: car. <laughs> and if they, because I, th- there were elements of where he's not just uh, a a goofy sideshow mm-hmm. like he goes to the party mm-hmm. and he he's meets, the biggest hit yeah and he meets a, a girl who likes him right away and not like in some weird way like or something of mm-hmm. like oh well you're the weird asian <laughs> right. kid yeah. it's just they found each other and but there was all the extra things like the gong and the way the adults talked they thought you could have played this had a normal yeah. uh foreign exchange student character right and not made it tropes. So super problematic Mm -hmm. as it is even just with the name. I dug around
1: a little bit, sorry to interrupt, but there's a huge, um, not a huge, but, um, the fish out of water thing with teenagers, for some reason, it was always like a foreign exchange student Mm. and it wasn't always Asian. There was like I remember better off dead. There was the, um, French exchange student played by an American actor Mm -hmm. and and they love to do the fish out of water with the accents. Hmm. I'm not sure why that was a trope in the 80s, but maybe because we didn't have cross-cultural references. So we just kind of would, you know, buy the idea.
2: Well, and I think all, all of these movies are just white movies, right? Like almost all the char- the main characters are all white. Mm-hmm. There's limited diversity in the yeah. uh, larger school communities that you see, um, at least um, actors who are participating in the film itself. Uh, or having larger roles. So then that becomes... Sure. Instead of... these Chicago, I'm guessing, pretty diverse. <laughs> pretty diverse. I'm going to say that uh, yeah. too. Yeah. And so... How then, do we
1: bring diversity in with a foreign exchange student?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then let's not make them just one of their friends because, uh, you know, we, that wouldn't be real, but yeah. it probably was real and he just took it a, in a strange way and kept it I'm uh,
1: going to go to not bat not for the actor, uh, Gide Watanabe, though. I think he nails the role. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I, obviously they use the accent um for a humor spin mm-hmm. but I think he he works so hard in this movie if he didn't have the accent he just played it straight I think I would have laughed just as hard yeah or I, harder maybe yeah, like mm-hmm. he yeah. he, uh, he he goes physical on the role right. um he plays it spastically but then he gets the cool dude aspect of it as well mm-hmm. um he he's little background on him he's from Utah he was born in Utah he (laughs) said at the starting of the film he had no idea how to do an Asian accent Mm -hmm. and he watched a few things and made it up really and John Hughes didn't know that he wasn't um you know uh, from America yeah (laughs) so um so I have to give him a lot of credit and there's a few movies he does he carries the trope over but then he does this film um Soon after, um, with one of the bullies from uh, Weird Science called mm-hmm. Vamp, okay, and he plays it straight, and mm-hmm. he he nails that as well. So he's got chops; like mm-hmm. he's not just um, the stereotypical kind of actor, right? No, mm-hmm.
3: and it's his. I mean, it, you know, and if you're an actor, you're going to take a part, sure. and obviously there weren't very many parts for mm-hmm. Asian American actors, yeah. right? The problem I think is just that these these characters there's you know there's no representation and then you have one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then this i'm sure like asian people heard this these jokes yeah. over and over again for the next 15 years yeah. right yeah so it's that's the kind of the real. a, fr- a friend fight. of yeah.
1: simon and ours um we asked him about this but it was a while back i don't know if you remember that conversation about the asian tropes and he said listen um I'm, he was he's first generation um chinese canadian he said we can recognize a fake accent right off the hop mm-hmm. so you know not fooling anyone in the community right right so um yeah like the whole thing was problematic but i just want to say that good on a batonabate, i think he nails it mm-hmm. with or without the accent right mm-hmm. i dig him
3: mm-hmm. yeah he's good he's good in it for sure
1: joel anything else that you think we should talk about before we move on
2: um, oh yeah, I did I did add that uh, So Molly Ringwald's sister Beth is in the movie. Um, she played Patty, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, and as I said before, Jake Ryan is a hunk. Uh, and of course he was, He's a hunk. because he was 23 years <laughs> old at that point. Um, he only acted for five more years before he retired.
3: I, I do want to say too, and I don't and I want to... You know the expression. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but um, <laughs> wait, whoa whoa, 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 whoa! I am not familiar. Not a, I think statement. it's a great expression. That's our uh, new expression. Yeah, here. yeah. Because yeah. I know people love this movie, but the, and I know it's been a lot talked about it, but the idea of a guy giving an incapacitated girl, who he's in a relationship with, to a guy mm. in some kind of weird trade—it's gross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we all know that. Yeah. Okay. Especially
2: her, her response. Oh, that was the that was worst. Like, yeah. I th- was it good? Was I good? Yes. Yeah, I think I
1: enjoyed her like that. I think I did.
3: Like, like oh, good just grief. to make it even worse. I yeah. did
1: yeah. like when her hair got cut, though. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes. Because like, like, no one like, would like, ever do like,
2: that. Well, like, come on. Dr- uh, Punch uh teenagers who are totally wasted, they probably wouldn't remember to open the door and Maybe. that would solve the problem. Yeah. Maybe.
1: I don't know. Yeah. The other thing too is just we wrap up. There were no real parties like that. Like oh, the no. every the toilet every movie, paper, yeah, they all have them. Yeah. And like one. the like the cans of Only beer. The, like who could afford that?
2: Jeremy Haringa. Just there was the one. Yeah, that well, was the only one, and that it didn't got even, shut down. Didn't even <laughs> yeah. make it.
1: So okay, I'm just going to be fully honest. I did enjoy the film. I laughed, but I definitely would not champion it for the Cinema Time Council. Right. Yeah,
3: I think this one's less left in
1: the 80s. In the one thing is, I couldn't show it to my kid. Yep, because there's like a gratuitous shower scene for zero reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. where the um,
2: one of the girls is that's an full, interesting fully difference naked. though. But that it why. That, um, Who showers in high school? Yeah, no, yeah. none of us, especially not in our showers. Do you Remember how gross those were? Yeah, yeah. But that was that was the only and interesting the girls are watching, was, like gazing at her. Yeah, like, that was the only different thing that I was curious that it was girls looking at a girl. It yeah. wasn't like guys peeping on mm-hmm. a girl because they want. I mean, be the her. guys in the yeah. audience are peeping, uh, so yes. that's why it's a huge problem. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, was totally unnecessary. I noticed that
3: too, and I thought that is. I mean, that's. But they could have just. I think there's a scene in Some Kind of Wonderful where they're looking at her in the change room and and they're admiring her and being sort of envious of her. But it's not, she's not naked. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Nudity in movies never
2: makes sense to me.
1: I I think it does. takes you right out. I think it does in certain circumstances. This one didn't.
2: I've never needed it. It's always like, hey, if you show neck up. I'll know that they don't have any clothes on. Yeah. I don't actually need to see them. But yeah. I,
3: I just think it takes me out because I just think of the actress. Yes. Every time yeah. I see it.
1: Yeah. So I thought it was a weird choice. I think it was a post-production thing because it didn't oh, yeah. even line up with, mm. I think maybe the studio said, we need some nudity here mm. to sell it. How did it get a PG re- rating? Right. No well, idea.
2: Yeah. It's weird, it is weird. No idea, so,
1: anyhow. R rated parents, I think it's R rated. I wouldn't show it to Mike. I'd show that maybe the TV edit to my kid mm-hmm. with uh, you know, Did heavy you find it on TBS, yeah, like <laughs> with a heavy um, you know, the Asian trope thing we'd have to talk about too, Because right. uh, I don't really think that works yep. anymore, yeah. But that's why I wouldn't put it in the, the time capsule. Like, yep. I can like it for my own reasons sure. because I saw it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but like. No, I wouldn't put it in the time capsule now. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, this is what the 80s was like.
2: Well, so. it sort of was. like So there, there's that angle of this is problematic and this is what some of the films... This mm-hmm. was a film in the 80s that everyone loved. So in some ways it still is useful as that... Uh, negative object lesson of like, look what we thought was okay or lots of people thought was okay and we celebrated and now we can look at it and yeah. go, here's where we were way off. I'm
1: just saying there's better... Yeah, yeah. There's more... The, the positive... There's better inappropriate John Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. in. Which we will gotcha. get to. I'm not gotcha. saying that there. Gotcha. you know... I don't like inappropriate yeah. things. I'm just saying yeah. I'm not a Puritan. Yeah. Um, But this oh, one... That'll be my job. Yeah. Like this <laughs> one, I don't think... It, it deserves its place in history, but right. not in our time capsule. Yep. Sounds good.
2: All right. It is now 7.06. You have exactly 8 hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions?
4: Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over... They'll break the rules. (coughs) Chicks, cannot hold a smoke? That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film.
5: Why are you being so
4: nice to me? Because you're letting me? The Breakfast Club.
2: Second movie in the queue is 1985's Breakfast Club, appropriately rated R.
3: So The Breakfast Club is starring Molly Ringwald. It's from 1985, I should say. Starring Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, John Kapalos, he's in a few of these, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Gleason. So John Hughes wrote and directed this movie. We've got soundtracked highlights. Um, not as much music in this one. But uh, Don't You Forget About Me, of course, is like synonymous. I think that's the most iconic. Yeah. I've never heard that one. With this <laughs> Simple Minds. And then Jeff Loves Fire in the Twilight by Wang Chung, and that's from the dancing montage. Didn't love it. Okay.
0: Hold on, sorry. Yeah. Wang Chung had another song? <laughs> they had more than one? Yeah. I thought they Wang just had the one. Wang Chung's deadly, man. Right. Which everybody, one which one are you talking about? Everybody have Friend. fun tonight. <laughs> everybody Wang Chung tonight. That's dance hall days. You guys dance don't know all that. Days one? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I they're about that wicked, one. man. Right. Once you start go- oh, sorry. No. sorry. Once you <laughs> start going down phone. that rabbit hole, man. That's okay. true. All right, let's get Breakfast back club. to Breakfast on track.
1: Club.
3: Okay, so um, the Breakfast Club is it's about there's a it's a Saturday morning at Shermer High and five teenagers from completely different social circles are all arriving for an all-day detention. Supervised by tyrannical principal Richard Vernon. Trapped together and under the influence of bad boy John Bender, the teens break down the identities they have lived by, challenge each other to be honest, and finally learn how much they actually have in common.
2: What did the critics have to say about this one?
3: (laughs) So um, Roger Ebert said the R rating on this film refers to language. I think a PG-13 Rating would have been more reasonable. (laughs) And the film is certainly appropriate for thoughtful teenagers. Uh, He gave it three out of four stars and said it's the rare movie that makes the honest attempt to make teenagers plausible to other teenagers. So I thought that was quite astute. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said the same thing about Sixteen Candles, and I don't agree with the Sixteen Candles part. But I I do think this movie really does make a genuine effort um, to understand teens and what's their angst and what's going on.
1: He forgot about like the marijuana use. It's like marijuana was illegal at the well, time. Oh, I guess that's true. Right.
3: Yeah, I was kind of, I, I was surprised. I, I had forgotten that happened in the, maybe in the TV edit, they didn't show that? <laughs> the TV edit's yeah. ridiculous. Because that's what I watched <laughs> yeah. like probably a hundred times. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Taped the TV edit. from TV. And I, I can't remember how they got around the marijuana part. Did they just show smoke coming, but no? Yeah.
2: C- cigarettes. Maybe, I don't know. Okay. Why did you choose this movie for the Cinema Time Capsule?
3: I feel like this is the movie that most people think of when you say name a teen movie from the 90s. 90s? Um, from the 80s. <laughs> Sorry. That's when I Wrong was watching podcast. it. When I was in the 80s. <laughs> yes, me too.
1: Down with the 90s. <laughs> Sorry.
3: Uh, at least like sensitive types like I was and I am. Uh, it's a movie that really looks at the interior life of teens mm. without minimizing their problems and their anxieties. Uh, and it's from their perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think it belongs sort of in that, you know, special sort of, it was a, a new a new concept really. Mm.
2: Any uh, big quotes people are remembering? Favorites? I
3: don't remember. It's any. really a funny movie. I, I, I yeah, I like when um, Bender, Bender, sort of back and forth with the principal, <laughs> and when he's he's like, he gets up, we'll all get up, it'll be anarchy. I love that. <laughs> Does it's
1: Barry Manilow raided his wardrobe? <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, Jeff's in character, so we need to. You need some Bender.
1: Mm-hmm. The answer to that, Mr. <laughs> Bender, is next Saturday. And then he does the, the <laughs> El oh, You yeah. mess with the bull, you get, get the, the horns. Hordes. Yeah, I, I can't relate to Bender at all. I don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> I am method, though, just like Bender today, everyone. You can't see me. Yeah, you'll, you'll but, have to go on social media. But I walked in did. today um, in full Bender attire. That's <laughs> true. And then producer Simon looks at me and goes, did you ride your bike here?
2: Because <laughs> like, it's an bag hour
1: bag. drive. I'm, why don't
2: you have fingers on your gloves? I'm like, <laughs> mm, did he, you even see this film? <laughs> yeah, producer Simon, did you see this film? Did you see? Yeah, Let's Did you see just, this one?
0: So, a couple of things. First of all, Jeff doesn't look anything like Judd Nelson. So, I can be forgiven for not assuming he's dressed as Judd Nelson. I didn't get it either. They say specialized on them. They don't look anything like that. Well, they are bicycles. They are bicycle (laughs) gloves. At least
1: I made an attempt. True it was a good Secondly, one. I did make an attempt.
0: I have seen all of these movies okay. multiple Whoa. times.
1: This is a banner of Hey, I didn't even not ask recently,
0: Joel but I the, have seen all of
1: them. The big thing here Mary is like we present these films and Simon and Joel have not <laughs> seen any of them. And <laughs> that I'm is like not what true. is this like the 1980s we're still talking about or and Joel did you see any of these films? I saw all of them minus Weird Science. This is a banner day folks. Like everyone's on on yeah. target here! Wow.
3: So this was your first time seeing Weird Science as well. Yeah. Okay. At least, yeah,
2: to my recollection, me this, too. That would have been a movie that my parents would not
3: have let us watch. No, uh, definitely not. So
2: yeah, um, highs, lows, favorite things, least favorite.
3: So I, I absolutely love the scene where they're the you know the sort of major scene mm. in the movie where they're all sitting in a circle. Yep. And the truth comes out about what they did to get detention. Although, did they ever see what Molly Ringwald's character did? She did school. Okay, I missed that somehow. Um, and I, Andy's confession about uh, taping a kid's butt cheeks together, I think the turn of that is so good where they're mm. all kind of laughing about it and then Brian says, that was you. And then you can just see Andy's face kind of crumple. And, he, and then he sort of admits the... Uh, how devastated he was about Mm -hmm. what he did and and then thinking about his father larry's father having larry having to tell his father what had happened Mm -hmm. um it was just such a it was such a sensitively written scene i thought it
1: does go below the surface for sure
3: yeah right it really does
1: it really gets down to it when when he flips it into how would larry's have felt to go home to
3: his Mm -hmm. father
1: that that really hit me too Mm
3: -hmm. yeah Yeah. And I think, um, and just sort of the back and forth between all the kids and they, they, they're sort of, they're angry at each other again, and then they're, they're feeling, feeling empathy for each other. And there's a great line in that too. I love the exchange between, um, Bender and, and Brian when he's, he's talking about how he took shop because, um, he, he thought it would be easy. And, and Bender's like, I took shop and, he's you know that that sort of back and forth and then brian says i'm an i'm an idiot because i can't make a lamp and bender's like no you're a genius because you can't make a lamp (laughs) i thought that was such a good funny and just something to think about afterward Mm -hmm. like it was it was really well done i thought Mm -hmm. um it's a little bit hard seeing how hard bender goes after claire time and time again he seems to just target her quite a bit um and yeah so that that is a little distracting for me but it but it's it's a very good scene I think.
2: That was yeah that I think is the penultimate scene in the movie mm-hmm. I would probably say of all of these movies in terms of the angle of trying to demonstrate what it's like to be a teen mm-hmm. and having all those characters from different backgrounds different cliques um that that was like yeah it just it, that could both be funny and uh, heartwarming challenging there was so much wrapped up in that mm-hmm. that uh it was almost like yeah, it was idealistic of how all if we could just if kids could just be open and realize they actually share more than uh than are different right uh it, yeah I, I loved that one too mm-hmm. the dialogue's
1: great it was well written mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the actors delivered it really well they mm-hmm.
3: did they're all excellent i think in
1: that, and in it that was kind of real because at the end, um, Brian asked if they were going to be friends. Mm. Yeah, and Molly Ringwald basically said no. Right, right. Yeah, and she's you're thinking, courageous in that scene. Yeah, because it wasn't like so like you know schmaltzy. Yes. It was getting schmaltzy, and you're like, okay, we're going to go this route. And then all of a sudden, boom, no. Mm-hmm. Right, close the door. Yeah,
2: it yeah. was honest in that way, yeah. and could that made it more believable mm-hmm. that yes, he would want to be friends with them. But then, if those people had something to lose socially, right. then she at least was honest to say, "I don't think so." Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that that actually being what would happen. Yeah. I
1: think John Hughes's intention with Bender is just to show how broken of a human being he is, mm-hmm. and how upset he is that um, people like Molly Ringwald and um, what was her name in the film, again? Claire, Claire, yep. yeah. and Andrew have everything, and mm-hmm. that's his. And I think that's why he continues to go. At them, he also really goes after Brian because mm-hmm. he's just like this little weakling, and he just really hammers on him too. And I thought that was like he was way too mean.
3: Yeah, in this he's movie. mean.
2: But I think that even that scene and throughout you, it's you can empathize or sympathize you, as you get to know him, and then he discloses a little Bender? bit. Yeah, yeah. You know all, he's damaged. All yeah. All of the characters. Are, there's enough depth in pretty much all of them to yeah. get some backstory. It's not that yes. he's just a jerk and and that's all you know about him. Uh, for all of them, I think they tell enough about themselves so you can see, oh, they're, this is why they're responding this way or maybe that's contributing to it and makes them all, in some ways at, or at least at some moments, likable and relatable.
1: I think the hard part about the bender character is he was 24 25
3: at the time and he mm. looks older
1: he looks older <laughs> he looks even he has he gray 26 he was 26 his delivery is like an, an adult male yes. right mm-hmm. and yeah. molly ringold's 16 I, was she 16 she's yeah. an appropriate yeah. age yeah and you know like so Brian. when he is delivering those lines to her it's like this is an adult man and you can see mm-hmm. it now mm-hmm. right and i think that's where that problem comes out if anthony michael hall was delivering those lines it wouldn't have the same mm-hmm.
2: bite. Mm-hmm. It, whereas his, because he was actually sixteen, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it felt like a sixteen-year-old right. outcast boy saying it when he starts crying. Mm. Uh, right? Yeah, that was very, like, difficult to watch right. in some way because it seemed like, yeah, that I understand that. Like
1: mm-hmm. Bender's an iconic character, mm-hmm. and you know, but I think having him playing a teenager looking back it doesn't work perfectly Mm -hmm.
3: and he's 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 um almost in a bit of a different movie i find like it is very play like the Mm -hmm. movie like it seems like a play Mm. and he is doing a big performance especially Mm -hmm. in the beginning i feel like he's sort of it's a bit much um it's it's very he's very watchable and he's really good but it's he's just a little bit different from the rest of them i Mm -hmm. feel like the rest of them are a little more naturalistic and he's more like i'm doing a performance. Like but he's I, doing Shakespeare or something. But I like something. It. something like that. Even when he does the Brian's, like he mocks Brian's family life. and
1: Well, yeah, because like he's big. like, wow, he's like really acting right now. Like he's yeah. got these like perfect chops, like perfect yeah. monologues. Yeah, right? he does.
3: Oh, yeah. He, he sinks his teeth into it 100%. He's like, I'm doing this. This is happening right now. Here I we did. go.
1: I mentioned it off air, but um, he did go full method. Um, and he did mistreat Rale- Molly Ring- Ringwald on set. Mm-hmm. To keep that kind of tension going. Hmm. Yeah. So for a you know, a twenty four, twenty five year old dude doing that to a sixteen right. year old, she's not gonna understand
2: that. Or even what's method. She, or even if she does, yeah. um that's it doesn't make it feel any better probably. It <laughs> like, excuse it either, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. But he's, I do really like him in it. I think he's, he's great. And I especially like him in that scene where they're sitting around on the floor because I think he, he dials it back a bit Mm. and his facial expressions, he kind of, you can see him kind of relating Mm -hmm. to, um, to the others. And, and, you know, he identifies that Andrew's dad is also probably a little bit abusive and yeah, so I, I think that's,
1: we didn't really touch on Ali, Ali Sheedy
2: at all.
3: Oh yeah! I always, love her. I, Worst I, makeover I, ever. She looks so much better I before. I liked her
1: makeover. <laughs> I love
3: her before.
2: Yeah, it was way too <laughs> it was way too simple and like stereotypical yeah,
3: to look. I think she looked great. I always forgot
2: her name. I could remember Holly every shooting. character or every actor's name and for most of the movie I
3: just kept thinking, What's her Is real Allison? name? Allison? Oh the I, actress. I, sorry, the actress. Mean, right. I just kept forgetting.
2: I know I knew it,
1: but yeah. I just couldn't come she up with it. She was in the Brad Pack as well. Yes. Right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think of her in St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, she was good. That's a movie I watched eight thousand times.
1: I do like the scene where she makes the sandwich. She takes the piece of meat (laughs) and then throws it and hits the statue, (laughs) and then takes—I think it's Captain Crunch. Yep. Oh, that's. Is it it just straight straight sugar? Straight sugar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think I made that sandwich at one point. I bet lots of kids did. Yeah. And she
1: made that up. That was all really off. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So she ad libbed that. So she didn't do a heck of a lot, but when she was on, um, I thought she delivered really, really well. She's
3: wonderful. Yeah, the when she's um, just says that her parents ignore her, that's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. And she does she doesn't have a lot, but it's so it's really touching.
2: The principal is the worst. <laughs> I what are you talking about? I love Vernon. Him, he is uh, funny. He's sort of like the grown up Bender in, mm. in some sense. Yes, he's, he's that just, a bully gone professional. Yeah, yeah, yes. And he he sort of it made me think. Does he remind you of our? Uh, vice principal from our final years. He's he,
1: no, but I do have an anecdote about a principal. I could tell.
2: Do, but do you remember who I'm talking about? No, you, you shouldn't name names. I know, but do you? you no. I know, but I'm asking you. Do you remember who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Come on. No, we'd
1: we'd have to go to we'd have to go to commercial for you. I <laughs> no, and I don't want to. I'm not going to throw any, um, send anyone. No, no.
2: I wonder how often that happens. That, well,
1: I will. I'll give you an anecdote. One day. Um we went to the same high school. Yep. I was throwing snowballs at cars because I <laughs> dressed as Bender.
2: How how old were you? <laughs> it's like grade, nine, grade, nine.
1: grade oh, nine. Oh man. Okay. And it so was you're like Brian, more like Brian.
3: Yeah, it was like so <laughs> yeah. dumb. And I'm
1: like, I snowballs at I I don't even know if I hit one, but then I went into the school and the principal was there and he goes, I just got a phone call. And he put me up against the locker. Mm, no. And he said, If if it was me, I'd clock ya. Whoa. And, then, and then no i'm not and <laughs> then um oh my god and then he said don't you ever do that again do you understand me i'm like yes yes sir <laughs> and then i never did that again <laughs> in front of the school at least at, well yeah i did at your house a couple times but <laughs> I yeah think that
3: I had in my notes that he was over the top but i guess no but that's i saw that <laughs> in the very notes accurate.
1: i saw that in the notes and i thought no it was pretty <laughs> wow it was pretty um at the time like um you know, people could get away with different things. I I used to go to the YMCA, and and there was a teacher. He's seventy five year old guy. He goes, you know what? I never had to uh, send a kid to the principal. I'm like Joe. What's your secret? Oh, sometimes I just take him out, throw him against the locker a few times. I only had to punch a kid once. What? <laughs> I swear oh, to goodness. And he's this like sweet old guy. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it's just a different age, yeah. I guess. Wow. So yeah, mm-hmm. the Furno was pretty. He was a bully. He was. A, for sure. He
2: was also over the top. The the performance. I of loved it. his performance. Uh, mm-hmm. But Hagadaga. It, it was. Uh, it was good to see him get his come up and yes. Uh, later on, I loved his yeah. from suit, Carl. I loved. his yeah. suit. I love Carl. Carl's yeah. Great. He's Carl. a great re- repeating like the actor. Mm-hmm. I like that that they just put him in. He's yeah. sort of like. Uh, um what's his, Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler movies? He just yeah. pops up in this little way or you just see his picture as like on the wall and that's all his part in the movie is. But, Carl,
1: uh Brian would like to pursue the custodial arts. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on a little monologue yeah. about how he, he knows what they're up to. And mm. I have a lot of respect for caretakers because my grandfather was a caretaker mm. at Earl Kitchener yep. school hmm. in Hamilton, yeah. So this I loved Carl. He was awesome, and then he was like really ripping into to Vernon as well. Yeah, which you guys were talking. Yeah. about. Yeah,
3: when he says, "Um, he says these kids change." or these kids turned on me? And he's like, "They didn't change. You've changed. Mm. You know, it's, it's and it's true." A good scene, though, yeah, because right?
1: mm. I feel that all the time. Like, oh, I'm,
2: these kids today. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah. yeah. no, I'm the old guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm the one that needs to go to pasture.
2: <laughs> Anything else, guys, that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I think we said. The Simple mind song is probably the most iconic of any of the songs in any of these movies, pretty much. My, maybe it would. Yeah, I I'd still do, say.
1: I do like the Fire in the Twilight montage where they're yes. running through the hall yep. and they're trying to escape Vernon. Yeah. I love that scene. They're like sliding and they mm-hmm. see him and then they go around.
2: That, and, that school is massive to have so many different, I guess because we're used to three hallways. Yeah. Uh, on top of each other.
1: compare self-lead Library
3: to that library. (laughs) That library is insane. That
1: was a set, that library. But the school was a real school Mm. that was decommissioned. Yeah. But they did, yeah, like with the neon blue lights Mm -hmm. and like the two floors. Yeah. um, The radio station inside of it.
3: I did not like watching him destroy books. That was really awful.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Mr. Whitwell would have been upset too.
1: I thought that was funny when he (laughs) just ripped (laughs) a... He says Moliere. Moliere. And Brian's Moliere. like, I love his work. He
2: goes Moliere, <laughs> Moliere. So, what about Lowe's? We sort of touched on all our favorite parts, but things—I I don't mean, know. I think
3: we that... covered some Did of we? the lows. Yeah, I okay. think so. The yeah, the with, weird with, way he is with Claire with and, Bender. And, yeah. and the mending up together true. after that—that's not a great thing to teach kids, but mm. girls especially. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um. I think it's easy to look at it and see it for what it is.
1: Did you want to cover any of the lows that
2: you saw, Joel? No, I think you're right. We did. We did cover those. Uh, Again, the there wasn't any nudity, but pretty much the same of when.
1: Well, there was that weird scene when he's under the desk.
2: Yeah, and I think Molly Ringwald talked about that in her article. It wasn't her. It wasn't her, but she said like everyone, her own daughter watched it, and her daughter when she told her daughter, "It's not me." That was like it didn't make a difference to yeah. her because it it's someone. implied to be her, mm-hmm. and yes, it's still oh they got an adult woman to do it. Yeah, okay, still gross. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I
1: thought those, that was weird. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have felt uncomfortable with my own kid watching that. Yeah,
2: um, it's
1: yeah, weird that
3: it, this is restricted. I guess it is because of the marijuana. Because why would that be restricted of, and not?
2: I think there were quite a few f bombs.
3: A language. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I think this is probably one of the best endings in a film, period. That, that scene? Yeah. Like, I found it weird, like, when they're, like, pairing up in front of their parents and, yeah. like, making out. <laughs> yeah. I thought, weird. Mm, so that's that, a that's, little bit. That was, like, if that's my backwards. kid. If that's my kid, I'm getting out of the car.
3: I'm like, excuse me. But she did. He did say to her... Wouldn't he? Wouldn't I be excellent in at getting back at your father or something like that? So I kind of did. I thought, well, maybe she's doing this as like a he.
2: He wouldn't end up with Claire. And it was I thought that was just too stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Like after that library scene of them all relating to each other as people, and then all of a sudden, well, let's pair up. Mm -hmm. Ah, come on! You already said you wouldn't be friends, and now you're going to date. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and then Brian's uh, walking off by himself. Poor
3: Brian. Yeah,
1: yeah. Brian's going to be like. He'll Steve be fine. Jobs. Yeah, it's true. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. true. Steve Council uh, Press. Or he's
3: gonna be one of the weird people in these other movies.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just think the ending is beautifully shot. The it is. hand yeah. the hand in the air mm-hmm. uh, wasn't planned. Um oh, no? they did that, it was post production and they came back and filmed that. Hmm. I like and Judd Nelson too. threw it in. And then the fade to black, I don't know, with that song. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So I mean, do you like that song? Is that a
0: Yeah. Um that's a little overplayed, to be honest with you, at this point. Not played enough.
1: Do you think, Mary, that this would be a good addition to our time capsule overall? Because oh, I, yeah, I saw, yeah. I thought Sixteen Candles wouldn't be.
3: Yeah, no, I think it has to be. If it has to be, if you're talking about teen movies from the '80s, this is this is it, as far as I'm concerned.
2: So, what do you think? Same. Uh, I think uh, you agree with me. When we, when we get to the uh, end, I, I will be shocked if uh, this isn't the the uh, um, clear winner from our viewers but uh, all I'm, right. I'm open to that all right and that's The Breakfast Club
4: you know, it's not a bad idea what making a girl actually making a girl this is Wyatt and Gary I give her Wom Digis mammary glance something's about to change their world something out of this world Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science, weird science. If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle. Not us. Not here. No, no way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? What is going on? Harry, I don't know. I don't know. Anything. Their minds ah! and their house upside down it's seriously affecting your sex life <laughs> it's completely unnatural do you realize it's snowing in my room totally unbelievable
5: Please go! what's going on
4: and definitely weird hi dudes they went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend
5: It's so good
4: Universal Pictures presents a John Hughes film, Weird Science. It's purely sexual.
2: Next up,
1: Jeff's Choice. Yeah, I picked it, so I like it. It's called Weird Science. Rated PG-13. I think it's appropriate rating. Um, Shouldn't be PG and it shouldn't be rated R. Um, this is a nineteen eighty five film, so if you have noticed so far we're going sequentially through uh the John Hughes teen movies. This is starring um this is the um another Anthony Michael Hall vehicle with his buddy Ian Mitchell Smith, Kelly Lebrock, Bill Paxton, Robert downey jr, Robert Rustler, who you would know if you saw. Nightmare on Elm Street 2
5: mm, Nope
1: And I also <laughs> mentioned him uh, in Vamp already mm-hmm. um, Michael Berry um, was in a lot of different horror movies mm-hmm. And Joel, you should know Vernon Wells I do Because I okay, mislabeled what was, him What was Vernon Wells in? Uh, he was in Commando He was yeah. And he was also in Simon knows this one Do what? I need to prompt you? Yeah, probably yeah. He was in um, Mad Max He was the dude with the shaved head
3: And who mm. is he in this?
1: Um, He
2: plays one of the um, bike... He's the biker Mm -hmm. gang lead. Yep. That's a real weird spin. Which was a reprise from Mad Max, right?
1: That's right, basically. Basically. Um, This was written and directed by John Hughes. Joel Silver produced it. He produced a ton in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, The soundtrack highlights um, was um, Oingo Boingo's Weird Science... um, there was no other place, other movie this could go in. <laughs> they tried it for Breakfast Club. But, but John Hughes is like, hmm, I think I have the film, I film. that was a good, I I like that role. It was a good one. Uh, and Tenderness by General Public, another, mm-hmm. um, that was like at the end. I yeah. love that tune. Another um, English tune. The synopsis is as followed. Nerdy school, social outcast students, Gary Wallace and Wyatt Donnelly of Shermer High School. What? <laughs> Same fictional high school used in The Breakfast Club and uh, Bueller. Yeah, Bueller are humiliated by senior jocks Ian and Max for swooning over their cheerleading girlfriends Deb and Hilly. Is it? Is that the right name? Mm-hmm. Uh, humiliated and disappointed at their direction in life and wanting more, Gary conceives the up convinces the uptight Wyatt that they need to a boost to their popularity in order to gain the crushes away from Ian and Max. Alone for the weekend, Wyatt's parents are gone. Gary's inspired by the 1931 classic Frankenstein to create a virtual woman using Wyatt's computer, uh, infusing her with everything they can to conceive and to make the perfect dream woman to assist them in their road to popularity.
2: So our, our main man, Roger Ebert, was he a fan? a weird science is uh, funnier and a little deeper
1: than the predictable story it might have been the movie is the third success in a row for John Hughes a writer and director who specializes in films about how teenagers really talk and
2: think i think he just cut and paste
3: because he's really that's hung like up the on same.
1: this yeah
2: he really likes how teenagers talk well that's because we've decided that
1: he has no idea right so like he could
2: just be think, yeah that must be it cuz john there wrote it is that again. yeah but he gives it like i mean that's the third movie in a row yeah. he's like down with. So. Which is, yeah, surprising because it is a noticeably different quality or mm-hmm. type than the other one. So, but why did you choose this movie for The Capsule, Jeff?
1: Well, I knew no one
2: else would choose it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of painting into no a corner. No, well, um, you you also, do you think you would have chosen this?
1: Probably because I don't think people equate it with John Hughes mm-hmm. as much. Um, I I related to it the mo- probably because I saw, seen it the most out of all these movies. Mm. Um, it was totally geared. You know, Joel, mm. I'm a I'm a horror nerd, right? Totally geared toward my sensibilities. It was, um, would
2: have been totally inappropriate
1: at that age, which also would have been appropriate for dude, you. Dude, you know my track record, yeah, exactly. man. I saw it all. Yeah, I loved it. Was that it was a remake of Frankenstein? Right mm. away, mm-hmm. like there's clips of Frankenstein yeah. in it. Uh, I love the Universal monster movies. Mm. And the EC comics. Right. Like the title card right away. So most people wouldn't get that reference. Mm -hmm. Of course, I nerded out on that. Yep. Um, I love that there's special effects in it. Um, There's like a full hero's journey in it. Mm -hmm. Um, The lads create their ideal partner. Um, And... I don't know. It just reminds me of making my own experiments and stuff. I never made a, a person. <laughs> no, in spite of your best if efforts. If only you had that computer. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I will relate it. to a story that involved a computer. But like, did you guys <laughs> not like like make things as kids? And like, I wasn't reading books. I was like
2: trying to build stuff.
1: Hmm,
3: interesting.
2: Mm.
1: No. Yeah.
3: no, I was just reading about
2: yeah. other people reading. doing things. Yes, yeah. I was reading about people building stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would always like
1: build stuff and like see if it would work. And nothing ever worked. Mm-hmm. But um like I just remember the time like um a friend of our super boot we started um a-, a video game about a quest to find love. This is true. Really? It was a true story, him and I. And I was the writer and he was the coder. <laughs> and I think we got to the title <laughs> and he made the title come up. And then I had written a few pieces to it, and we never got it off the ground. Right. So we failed, mm. whereas these guys created life. Appeared to succeed. So anyway, I can really relate to it. <laughs> mm.
3: I think the computer stuff is so funny when you watch yeah. all of the 80s. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's like a, the, the computer is like a genie. Because yeah. obviously right. nobody has any idea how computers work. Right? <laughs> well, you didn't. <laughs> so, so they're like, we're just going to... And I, I actually did appreciate in this movie how ridiculously... Like, he almost makes it intentionally ridiculous that they're feeding photographs into it. Into Mm -hmm. what? I don't even know what that was. Like, it's...
1: What was that? Like, it was a scanner, like a rudimentary scanner. (sighs) Yeah.
2: I guess... And I wonder if it was sort of... He was... that such a thing didn't exist or it only existed for the government and he was like I don't know maybe we should we should come up with something like this
3: yeah I appreciated that there was no thought put into it really whatsoever like it was done in seconds there was no time spent on how are we (laughs) going to do this it was just like here's what we're going to do hacking
2: into the government system was like easiest thing well war games with Matthew Broderick
3: like
1: he started a nuclear war basically (laughs) like because he could just hack and Ferris Bueller he he went into the school and just modified in front of him Yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think it's plausible to take a Barbie doll and hook <laughs> a electrodes? Or, like, right. first of <laughs> <Yeah>. all, <laughs> Barbie dolls are plastic. They don't even it conduct would they don't melt. electricity. <laughs> they don't conduct yeah. electricity. I
2: think, mo- yeah, there's a lot of uh, older siblings that learned that they cannot uh, take in heat or electricity. I'm right. younger siblings. Uh, favorite favorite quote. Yeah, there's a scene where Kelly, LeBrock, um, Lisa goes to,
1: um, um, what's his name's, I forget the character already, um, Anthony Michael Hall's house. Gary. Gary. And he's talking to the parents. And she goes, you know what he's doing with those magazines? He's tossing off. And he like legit freaks out. He's like, Mom, I have never tossed off. (laughs) And it's just, he's so in the moment. I believe like he's got so much anxiety about Mm. that. The other part I really love was when <laughs> they're upstairs and there's girls waiting. And uh, Wyatt goes, um, yeah, he's coming out. He, uh, Gary's just taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just like so awkward. I'm, like the girls of their dreams are right there. And, and that's all that he can come up with because he's so awkward. Mm-hmm. Like he can create life, just, yeah, but he just can't talk to people.
3: That is a funny scene. And I like when he, he's <laughs> sitting there and then the he's like, Oh, hit the fan. <laughs> <And> the look <laughs> on his on his face is like, oh it's, that is a funny scene.
2: Joel, um your first time viewing? Yep. Both Mary and I were uh First-time viewers,
1: Mary the told sun. me off, th- the, off, <laughs> off, um, Mike, that she loved it. It's
3: so good. <laughs> did she?
1: Because I didn't hear.
2: I must have been. I in rented the other it room. from Prime, but I'll definitely. Yeah. Purchase Wait, you it. paid for you this? Pay? Did How you, you pay, pay for this? I did. I feel bad for you.
0: So, Mary, it's five dollars. Let's so okay.
1: I did say I did yeah, go to Joel we'll, first, we'll but do you want to do you want to give us your um, impression of it on first watch uh, in two
3: thousand twenty-three? So I think. I, I appreciate in all of, all of these movies that, that there's, it's brev- there's brevity to all of these movies. Like it, I looked, yes. and I'm like, okay, it's an hour and a half. Yep. I can do anything for an hour and a half.
2: That's a problem right off the bat. <laughs> half
1: it's
0: an like
3: hour.
2: Jeff's looking for the three-hour director's cut. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Half
3: an hour into it, I was like, okay, there's only an hour left. And then an hour into it, I was like, is there seriously still half an hour of this movie? It's chaotic. It's brilliant. I just, I did not get it at all. And well, I did, I actually think Kelly LeBrock is very good in it. Is that her name? Mm-hmm, Kelly yes, LeBrock? Yes. She's beautiful. She's very funny. Um, it's not the movie that I feared it would be, but it yeah. was just as bad as I feared in it, just in a different way. So. <laughs> so
2: I didn't think it would be this
1: bad. I thought it would be a different bad. A different kind of yeah. bad. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, it's okay to be wrong, Mary. And I don't <laughs> okay. I don't fault you for that. Um, yeah. But could you go back to the Kelly LeBrock character? Hmm. Um because at the time, like obviously, I thought she was beautiful, and I didn't realize how well she acted throughout this film. Yeah. Like she was in command. Yeah,
3: she's she's really good. Well, is she an actress or is she a yeah. model? Or? So okay. she
1: started out as a model. Her first film, I think, was Woman in Red with um, mm, Gene Wilder. Can picture the which can I, picture saw, the, the boss I saw as like a five or six year old dude. Of course, <laughs> and, and there's very inappropriate. We had very different childhoods. There. Yeah, I did rewatch it several times.
2: Yeah, Jeff's family was getting movies from That's Entertainment where we were at National Video. Yes. Don't go over on that road.
3: Yeah. You got to stay over here. We were watching like PBS. Yeah.
1: Pollyanna for the 18th time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did you think, Joel?
2: Yeah, I thought because I hadn't seen it and I only was familiar with the uh, movie poster mm-hmm. uh, and the premise, I thought it was going to be way more obviously misogynistic, like overtly than it was like basically I thought that they created this woman and she was going to be totally empty of any agency. She was just going to be misused sexually, mm-hmm. uh, and so it wasn't th- that way. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't like it really because I thought there were the things even the things that I would have connected with in terms of like the idea of these kids because I was a computer nerd growing up. Um, You know, loved my VIC-20 and Commodore 64 and early, you know, old PC computers. But that that stuff was all so over the... And I can take within the movie itself being over over the top and unbelievable, like that these guys hacked into the government system w- with the greatest of ease. But the part that, that made no sense was the storm. Like, if they're getting, like, government secrets from a computer, why did the Earth respond well, with, like, a storm, first, an electrical storm? Each time, that made zero no, it sense. it complete sense. It didn't even make sense within the movie's universe. No,
1: but in the other universe.
2: Like, because it wasn't...
1: Know, a, you, I need to fill you in. Okay. G.I. Okay, t- Joe... I know Frank- Frankenstein. No, but G.I. Joe um, did collect a mass... Um, uh, weather system devices so they do exist we know they exist know and the, you, they can manipulate weather so we but do they know didn't say that about this they don't right need anyway.
2: to oh, okay it was just you had to have that background we know
1: that there's oh. uh devices oh. well, that you can knew mary and i weather. were confused i was not confused at all i'm <laughs> yeah. like of course they can if they can bring life to a uh a doll they can definitely
2: control the weather i was okay
1: with that i guess so
3: i was actually okay with that stuff too it was just the movie <laughs> itself was really yeah. annoying
2: <laughs> it's, it's not winning any equity awards that's for sure
3: that it was just wasn't weird. as
2: as awful as i was anticipating you know given my parents wouldn't let me watch it
1: some people compare um i read articles that compared um kelly lebrock's character to like um a charged up mary poppins hmm. where she comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. um she has the English um, mm. sensibility. She so- shows them how to do things, and then she's gone like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he borrowed from that, because yeah. yeah, he borrowed that. from Frankenstein.
2: Yeah, and that was just an interesting, interesting direction where they start using her. You know, They're making out with her, but then all of a sudden that just stops. Them. Wait, who made out with
3: Thank her. goodness. Remember
2: uh, the other... Uh, Wyatt. Remember? They're making out. They
3: you made
1: out? Who? Yeah. Mm. I thought... Yeah
2: was it just a kiss no
1: no that's gross it was kind of gross yeah well that's gross um (laughs) i don't condone that
2: i know uh but then yeah then they see that she becomes the the domineering the leading uh powerful character in that way um now there's still other things like the the gratuitous nudity of the at the party where the woman (sighs) is playing the piano the girl and then all of a sudden her clothes get all sucked off. Yeah, that was a weird... storm. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, it just...
1: That's Back another... Ahead. I think that's another weird post-production thing where, like, okay, we've got this... Um, all these things are being pulled apart. Let's... Oh, let's rip her clothes off. Yeah.
3: They had that set or, like, right before that scene they had the set where they could obviously turn the, the, the room upside down or mm. something and I'm like, oh, they've got to show a girl in her underwear. Right. And well, then yeah. five seconds Even later less. that woman's clothes are... Yeah. That was so so weird.
1: Yeah. Um Bill Paxton, <laughs> anyone? Oh my god. Oh, he's
3: he gets the subtlety award for. Us. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so, such, well, what is what is that character What is Oh, that was, that that was to be? yeah, that was ve-
1: it's the sibling. Weird. It's so, the sibling trope. I yes. do love Bill Paxton. Right. It's a sibling trope that John Hughes throws in and yeah, like cuz this is a caricature, this whole oh, film. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Right, the whole film is But he absurd. was like
2: yeah, he was next level in terms of Well, who, he was
1: a criminal. Like why could charge
2: him <laughs> for abuse, yeah, right. Yeah. The they all played it fairly. It, it, it felt like he was just a different type. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but
3: although I think Anthony Michael Hall is also way over the top in yeah. this movie, I, I did not care for this performance from him at all. I mm-hmm. know Jeff, you you liked it, but yeah, I thought it was really. It felt crazy. like
2: a mishmash to me. Like there yeah. were all these different things happening. Um, even the uh, the party, you know, okay, that's like we talked about in all of these movies, they'll have a party right. that no one really has, but then all of a sudden a biker gang shows up from Mad Max, right? And mm-hmm. like, how does this connect? It felt like there were three or four different types of movies, and they're like, let's just jam these together. Yeah, that's what felt the like. The best
1: to me. part about the um, biker thing is Michael Barry, you finally get to hear him speak because if you had watched, um, movies like the hills have eyes and things like mm-hmm. that like he's just a very scary character. Mm-hmm. Here he's very eloquent when he speaks and I just thought that was awesome when I first heard him the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Producer Simon, what are you thinking?
0: Well, it's been a while since I've seen this one. I haven't seen it recently, see, but it's funny cuz it's kind of like the movie itself is Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's based on Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster was built right. from parts of everything else the character kelly Roblox character was made from mm-hmm. all these different yep. parts yeah and the movie is like almost yeah. frankenstein's monster-esque and then yep. it's just got all these different parts kind of shoved together yeah. To, yeah. Make <laughs> to make a monster yeah. <laughs> to
1: be fair um, John Hughes wrote it in two days.
0: <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh, now it makes sense. Like, but, and like, I mean, it's not out of
1: character for him as much as yeah. like when I researched, he he was well known for um, quick writes. Hmm. Some you can see that he's gone back to rewrite. Yep. This one, I basically think he wrote it and just handed it in. He's right. like, I'm done, I'm on to the next yeah.
3: thing. Yeah, and it says a lot about DADs that he was given that level of... Um, <laughs> permission i guess to do that and just make these movies and it's i think it i think everything in it is probably intentional it just wasn't my i don't i found it chaotic and just kind of hard to watch well it's
1: very yeah. laddish too it's like very um boyish and
3: you yeah know, there's
1: not a lot um to relate to no unless you're like a big monster fan and you want to you know
3: mm-hmm.
1: do weird things like weird science unless you if you don't want to do weird science you're not gonna like this movie
2: no, he might, he still might not like the movie if you like doing weird scientific things.
1: So, Joe, you did not like the movie? Didn't care for it.
2: It It reminded me, that's what I was going to compare it to, which you will also be mad at because you'll just not understand it from my upset. angle. Uh, this is the teen version of Big Trouble in Little China didn't make sense to me mm. stuff's happening it's, it doesn't even make sense within its own I universe know.
1: everyone knows that you're way off I know that's right. everyone China else
2: team. loves it except me so that's uh, just how Carpenter I, I John, it.
1: If John if Carpenter John can um, send us a message oh, about Joel ta- badmouth thing, Big Trouble in Little China please do so yeah he, he'll destroy me <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. It's this. This film's whimsical. It's off path. It's yeah. not a typical John Hughes high school yeah. movie, and yeah. I think that's why I liked
2: it. Yep. Yeah. And I could see how, yeah, teen boys at that age, or for for those who shouldn't have seen it, that did they they at that time they wouldn't be thinking about hey maybe we shouldn't treat women like this, uh, but yeah, now watching it just as an adult like ugh.
1: There we have it, folks. Um, and just to <laughs> let you know, um, I wouldn't vote to have it in the time capsule. And I'm guessing you won't watch this with your daughters. Mm, probably not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, any anytime there's weird nudity and stuff like that or yeah. objectification, I'm like, eh. Right.
3: Do you watch this movie? Like, have you seen this recently?
2: Yeah.
1: How many times this year did you watch it? So far? I think only once this year. Ah. But I see it at least once a year.
2: Really? Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> Mary, do you think well, will you never, watch this show this movie ever n- again and for the rest of your life? Guys, I know you think
1: I'm weird for rewatching this stuff, but this podcast wouldn't exist if I didn't. Well,
2: it's true. It's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Keep it alive. Yeah. You say that like it's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well if we
1: have any listeners, I guess they think it's a good thing. I guess thing. so.
0: Uh, it's a little trivia. Uh, I recently learned, like in the last couple of years, do you know who the lead singer for Oregon Oingo Boingo? No, yeah. was it was it was his brother. No, he was. The, I don't think he was the lead singer. He was in it Ooh, though. Wait. He was in Oingo Who did you Say I didn't hear Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Oh, okay.
1: He was in Oingo Boingo. Okay, maybe do more research as we go because <laughs> I think it's his brother singing. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Maybe
0: they both sang, but Danny Elfman definitely. Maybe he didn't sing Weird Science, for instance. He was he definitely checked one out because I think
1: it's his brother singing. I could in be wrong, Oingo, but you're right. I'll check it out Elfman. on the you're right break about here. Danny Elfman. Yeah, he was in Oingo Boingo and. Then, then became an iconic yep. soundtrack Says, artist.
2: Came to prominence as a lead singer and primary songwriter for a new wave band Oingo Boingo in
1: the, in the, the early 80s. science
2: piece. We'll
1: and check we'll that go. out on the break. On the break. Alright. I need to know. I want
5: all the gory details.
4: His name's Blaine. He's so beautiful. Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. He's a... Richie. Uh-oh. What It's just his family has a lot of money. Does he have
3: strong lips? How can he tell? Do you feel it in your knees? I felt it everywhere. Strong lips.
4: I love this woman, and I have to tell her.
1: We're closed. You know what an older woman does for me?
4: Changes your diapers. Touche. Hey, this is Steph's party, And You shouldn't be allowed to invite just anybody. Why are you getting involved? The girl was, is, will always be nada.
0: Just say it. You're ashamed to be seen with no, me. I am You're ashamed, I am ashamed to go out with me.
4: you like him? He likes you. What his friends think shouldn't make any difference. I just want to let them know that they didn't break me. Me, you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I've always believed in you, I just didn't believe in me.
1: And we're back. We're going to delve into another um, John Hughes teen movie. We're going to uh, Pretty in Pink uh, 1986. Mary, this was your choice. Take it away.
3: Yeah, so Pretty in Pink is starring Molly Ringwald again. We've got John Cryer, Andrew McCarthy, and James Spader. Um, and John Hughes wrote this movie, but it was directed by Howard Deutsch. Um, so soundtrack highlights. We've got Try Little Tenderness mm. performed by Otis Redding. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink by The Psychedelic Furs. Wouldn't It Be Good by Nick Kershaw. I love that song. I love that song too. So I love good. Nick Kershaw. Um, Please, please, please let me get what I want by the Smiths. I I think the soundtrack is fantastic.
1: It's an amazing soundtrack. Totally iconic. Mm -hmm. I love it. Joel, did you like
3: it? Absolutely. In Pretty in Pink, Andy is a smart, capable, and creative teen who doesn't fit in in at her high school because she isn't from a rich family and doesn't dress like the rich kids at her school. She's friends with a fellow outcast named Ducky who harbors a not-so-secret crush on her. One day, she catches the eye of Blaine, a shy, rich kid who becomes captivated by Andy. She's intrigued by Blaine and agrees to go out with him and eventually to attend prom with him. But will their friends and the circumstances they were born into break these two kids apart? Oh, I don't know.
2: Mm, well, I guess we'll have to find dig out. in here. What caused you to, how did, or let me rephrase that. How did you choose this movie as your selection for the Cinema Time Capsule?
3: So this is one of the movies that I actually did watch a lot as a young teen, and I was curious to see if I would still like it, and I do. I think it really holds up. I have a hard time remembering details about most of these movies, but I found as I was watching it that I was remembering it and anticipating the moments that I liked. Um, I also find the eternal debate over whether Andy should have picked Ducky or Blaine Mm. very interesting and worth a discussion. Where do you both stand on this?
1: It sucks. It sucks. No, I don't think any of these suck. I I loved it. I always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely one of those ones I would rewatch over and over and over again. And I never questioned who should end up with who because it was just like the way it was mm-hmm. written. That's like okay, I'm going with that.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think we find out that that's this one changed, didn't it? I think there's okay.
1: So the background is. Mm-hmm. Um, should we reveal who? Not yet. Get? Not yet. Okay. Anyway. Um, we'll we'll get to it there's a there's a follow up to the movie we'll talk
2: about mm-hmm. later yeah I like this one too uh, I think it would be in that I would probably say the top three uh, rather than movies the, of all time no, no of these <laughs> wow this is serious Joel <laughs> a big, big big fan move over Star Wars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I think of of these teen movies this one's probably I would probably put as the third my oh, so you ranking, you're ranking of, yeah, already. Five, five, my ranking. Okay. So. I
1: wouldn't have a problem if it went in the time capsule at all. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, now, there's some quotes that you guys put in. I didn't have a lot of quotes. The only quotes I have come from Spader. Um, <laughs> oh. But, yeah, guys, go over your quotes here. What are some of the ones that you liked? Uh,
3: I love, um, there's some really sweet ones. Like, I love when Blaine says to her at the end of their horrible date, he says, I was with you. I had a great time. And then he says, I could have a great time in a Turkish prison if I was with you. Aww. And I, I think that's too much. But I do like, I really, <laughs> well, I like this. What goes on in a Turkish prison?
2: <laughs> he could have just said prison. I, I imagine Turkish yeah. prisons. I just like the first part, the simplicity
3: mm-hmm. of it. I think it, he could have just left it mm-hmm. with that. I've kind of, there's an ongoing theme I find with John Hughes where he just goes a little bit too far. Um, he, he just needs to rein it in a little bit and just trust that it's the, it's being communicated the way he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the scene when Ducky's pushed in the women's mm. washroom and he doesn't know what a tampon dispenser is. <laughs> right.
1: yeah. well, you guys have candy machines in <laughs> yeah, here. We don't
3: have doors on the walls. We don't have a candy dispenser. Yeah, but it's kind
1: of true though. When you are a young lad, you have no
2: idea what's going on. And I imagine like you just think reverse. you pee into a wall. Yeah. Like everyone pees into walls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. I imagine yeah, and, and girls don't know what the guys' washroom. Why? Why is this? Toilet on the wall. Yeah, it is yeah. weird. I was at a,
1: this is a side note, I was at a, a Lumineers concert. Mm-hmm. My daughter made me take her. And um, we were in the men's washroom and the females got fed up because their line was too long. And they all came into our washroom and they walk in and go, this is disgusting.
2: <laughs> 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 I still remember in high school, would have been in, I'm pretty sure, OAC gym class. where Because our locker room and bathrooms, the one that was in the basement where you know, the change room was. And I I can still name the names of uh, two girls who I was just standing taking a pee, and two girls just walked in because they thought it was funny. And was like, okay, oh uh, my gosh. and then uh, yeah, it was very strange. That
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah, is weird. We had
2: weird washrooms though at our high school. They were pretty. Yeah. Gross. they were, like exposed pipe, and it was
1: yeah. weird. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. old. It was very old people. Yeah. That uh, that scene with Ducky though, it when he goes in, that struck me as like perfectly acted, where yes. he's like. He he knows he's busted mm-hmm. and he just plays it off to try mm-hmm. and draw attention away from that. I really yeah. like that one.
3: I like that scene too. Yeah, and I love the Andy Pot Andy Potts character, um and her relationship with Andy. It's Andy, right? Yeah. 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 Um and yeah, I like when they're dancing and Annie's, Annie Potts says to her, like, why can't we start out old and get younger? Oh, yeah. That that's... really found that quite touching, mm-hmm. actually, even though she's not old in that movie at all.
2: But she does, I guess maybe it's because I see her as...
1: She's, a, I think, 12 years older. At, yeah. Okay. But Yeah, she is much older.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Speaking of much older uh, people, um, I think Blaine, um, Matt, what's his McCarthy? Andrew McCarthy? Mm-hmm. I think he was about 23 years old at the time. James Spader (laughs) was 25, I think. He looks like he's 35.
3: He is so funny in this movie, Um, though. He's so good. And Andrew McCarthy, it didn't bother me that, like, the way it looked, it didn't, I didn't find it.
1: Because he plays it kind of um, sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And she's
3: older looking in this movie, I feel like. She is probably a little bit older, Mm -hmm. right, than she was in the other movies. And it doesn't strike me as off somehow. He does, he does
2: play, he does play it like he is a teen
3: yeah i think something like that james
2: yeah. spader is not believable <laughs> as a teenage boy in this can we talk about Maybe james spader heard. now or? well sure I, I okay know. let us we'll lead into okay. it with blaine's <laughs> quote which is awesome that's such a great burn when because uh, he's trying to just take advantage of andy and then blaine says to him which is also a, a sort of perfect name for a rich kid seems like blaine blaine yeah it's not a real name uh i know blaine by the way do you yeah i do when blaine (laughs) says to uh, uh, him she thinks you're crap and deep down you know she's right Mm -hmm. and he is
1: Mm -hmm. well well steph is right james spader yeah yeah Yeah.
2: that's what i mean yeah so he's not crap though he's a total (laughs) jerk
1: dude he's rich he's gorgeous (laughs) He's twenty five in high school. He owns the <laughs> world. So Blaine's way off on this one. Yeah. He I just is, have to,
3: he's a wonderful villain. I have to yes. say he oh is, my gosh. he's an excellent there is villain. There was nothing
2: redeeming he, about him. He's my
1: favorite part of the movie. Really? Like when I rewatched it, yeah. I just his performance superseded anything that was going on. I didn't care about the romance. I just was waiting really for um Jim Spader to come well, it was so ridiculous. Like that, in the film He does not have his shirt buttoned up one time. (laughs) Not one time. It's always down to his mid-chest to navel. Right. He... It doesn't matter. Like, there's like a pajama scene. He's got... What and what is he doing? Like, yeah, and he's got what's he doing? He's in his parents' den, he's supposed to be 16 or 17. He's drinking, Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. He's drinking scotch out of a mint rocks crystal glass, rocks glass. Who's drinking scotch at 17 years old? My favorite scene this would never happen. He's in the stairwell. He's got a Miami mm, Vice yep. white linen yep. who I've never seen one person wear a suit during the school day <laughs> as a teenager. White linen. He's smoking a dart. In I've never seen that. I mean, sure, maybe people go into the bathroom and do that. He just nonchalantly yep. smoking away. And my favorite scene in the movie, and I told you guys, I rewound it 10 times. He walks by and he looks at John Cryer and he goes, got a problem, friend? And he licks his lips. And I just think that's one of the best deliveries of all time. <laughs> and then he gets beat up by Ducky.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I love his clothes in this movie. Actually, I think all the the men are look wonderful.
1: Did we dress like that ever? Because you grew up with no. Us.
3: Well, we grew up in the '90s, so everyone was just we. Looked,
1: well, we look like slobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, let's go to the thrift store and yeah. yeah.
3: Yes. Like, so,
1: did you ever see anyone in, wearing
3: a suit in rumpled linens? No, I mm. don't think I remember seeing that. I know yeah, Jill I tried cool.
1: to pull it off once, but
2: it didn't yeah, work. No. I d- yeah, I don't remember anyone dressing up. Like,
1: Simon, did you ever... I mean, you're a tad <laughs> year older than us. Well, he would have.
2: That would have been
0: his era. What, were there any ladies Did anyone suits? walk in no. with a suit on? No. Uh, I mean... We live in Canada. You can't get real yeah, away with. it. maybe a snowsuit. Yeah, you have a snowsuit. Snow <laughs> yeah, Man, Like I, I do one recall piece.
1: one time, my friend, uh, you know him as well, um, Ben, walked yep. in with a suit on. I said, "Oh, dude, why are you so dressed up?" He's like, "Oh, I fell asleep in it last night." <laughs> <laughs> and he did come to school with a suit on because he was at an event the
0: night before. We and-
3: should have made a movie about him. That's amazing. <laughs> the well,
1: whole. Uh... <laughs> I have many stories <laughs> that I tell about
0: him. We. My school, with the whole pop collar and the polo yep. shirts, and that—that oh, okay. that was all mm. the, a thing. There the was preppy. a preppy thing. But.
1: There, I definitely remember that preppy thing. You're right, where the the kids would have the polo shirts and stuff like that.
3: I think that was more yeah. elementary. I'd have school.
0: to do the math, but I mean, I I spanned the 80s and right. 90s when I was in high school, mm-hmm. right? So we we had grunge too. You know, at the end, did
1: you so. have a white? let suit? I did not. You do now, though, because you wear not. at school all the time. <laughs> and you smoke in the hallway.
0: At school, yeah, absolutely, all the time. Because you yes. can. <laughs> that would never happen.
1: All right. Sorry, I took way too much time with Talking James Spader, yeah. so continue. I apologize. How about Ducky? Can we talk about Ducky? We can.
3: Sure. What do you want to say, Joel? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I thought he was a great... Uh, yeah the great sidekick uh and you know we've as we've referenced Molly Ringwald's uh article in the New Yorker and what is ducky gay uh the the query in that character um and how she says i think he he would have been but they just didn't write it that way do you guys think uh, that
3: <clears throat> i wondered i mean i think i was thinking that that if that character was written today um mm-hmm. maybe that would be a gay character, um there's a few like it's kind of interesting looking for those in these movies these These characters are like, hmm, I wonder if that's if how that would be done today mm-hmm. yeah i I mean he's overly he's actually quite um <laughs> he pesters her a lot mm-hmm. and he's 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 kind of sexually harasses her in a way as well, even though mm. he's not threatening, so it doesn't seem quite as bad and but he uh, doesn't really relent. He kind of keeps bugging her. and um... But I do, I like that character. I think he has a bit of a Ferris Bueller look mm-hmm. to him. He yep. was kind of reminding me, like watching all these movies vibe. together. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, um, like maybe... John
1: Cryer and Matthew Broderick were kind of interchangeable in the 80s. Mm. Yeah. That was my kind of there were, too. Yeah,
2: they were l- smaller, but yeah, he has his own style. And I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love his clothes. I love great. his style. His is there... hair is amazing. I love his and style. And that's one thing that I think they're these movies there's lots of stereotypes and like the cliques Mm -hmm. and that's probably why those questions get raised because at that time we wouldn't have been just saying yeah there's this person's gay and then you know that's who they are they instead make it uh or they nod towards things but Mm -hmm. even things that are uh, like i always find strange or unnecessary like he's he if you would say he's effeminate in some way and then somehow that's problematic and he could just be that's who he is he's his Mm -hmm. own character he's his own person it doesn't have to mean something it doesn't have to be a stereotype of oh if they're effeminate maybe they're gay it might be might not be yeah Uh, but yeah
1: I didn't really read into it like he was. I mm-hmm. just, I no, just no. thought it was yeah. part of his... No, I think
2: that's just the narrative that has existed. Like the fan fiction kind of yeah, thing? Yeah.
3: Or in just that thing that she talks about, Molly Ringwald talks about in that article of people identifying, like mm-hmm. finding oh, someone I to see. identify with, right? I understand right? What, right. what you're saying. It's like I, I could relate to that character right. because sure. I had my own unique sense of style. I felt like an outsider. Mm-hmm. And in that way, you know but I don't think that's necessarily that I don't think he was intended to be a gay character Mm -hmm. I think he was intended to be a character that was in love with her um, and was just an outsider which is which is it was was an interesting character and he's he's very good in it he's really good in the um, I was thinking about the scene where he confronts Steph in the hallway and it's Hmm. very quiet they don't talk But he just runs after him after he hears Steph kind of tearing her down. Friend, (laughs) is that when that happened? That's when. (laughs) like, oh, Oh, Okay, so just after that, he chases him down and then. I think I'd do
1: the same thing.
3: They have a terrible fight. It's like ridiculous looking, and then he runs away and he he runs and grabs that prompt sign and pulls it down. it's very, like it's very um, touching, actually. And then I love that Steph just spits in the hallway in front yeah, of the teacher. I
1: thought that was, First of all, the teachers come in like, I feel like he's part of the staff. Like, Steph. Like, they treat him yeah. they treat him like he's part of the right. staff. like he, or he's what? their,
3: like, boss or something. If
1: I just, like, spit in the hallway after a fight, yeah. Simon would be like... He'd be tearing into me, wouldn't he? Right. Like, yeah. if I just took a gob in the hallway, <laughs> what would you say to me? Right now,
0: you'd do it. <laughs> you mean, like, if... I just, we're co-workers If you n- spit no. in the hallway, like if I, I
1: got a- into a fight with someone and you're my teacher, you're not just going to let me pass on. He'd be like, "Wipe that up, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He That's, just
3: kind of look. He looks down and then looks away. Really but weird. if
1: you go back, if you ever rewatch it, just watch. Count how many times he licks his lips in every scene. Like every scene, Spader licks his lips. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so I, I know I'm
2: spending way too much time. You're,
1: on Spader. you're obsessed with. Him. I am. I want to be uh, stuffed in that film.
2: Is the relationship between Blaine and Andy believable to me? No. Hmm. Um, yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. Do you feel it? And you say no, not really.
3: I do. And I, I think, um, I think he, <laughs> he's a, he's an interesting actor. Um, but I think he's, he's the kind of boy that I would have liked in high school. He's got, he's, there's a sensitivity to him. He's insecure, and I like that they mm-hmm. they really kind of lean into that. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, that one scene where he says that Andy's friends live under a rock is a little weird, and it just kind of throws he sort of throws it away. But other than that, he's quite he's. I don't know. I think he stands up for her. He's, um, yeah, he treats her well. I mean, there's I guess there's some, some weird stuff, but no, I, I think he's. I I, th- I believe that that relationship for mm-hmm. sure, especially as a high school relationship.
1: I do like him as an actor, I think. I, I like him in other roles. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite role that he did, but mm-hmm. I mean he, he plays it um weekend at Bernie's he works way harder. <laughs> Does he <laughs> yeah. M- wasn't he in mannequin? Too? I love mannequin oh, too. I don't think I've seen mannequin. Kim Cottrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was he was all over the place. He's yeah. saying almost fire as well.
3: There's another computer movie where <laughs> he like Somehow generates a picture of her and then yeah. a picture of him. Yeah. See, I thought that <laughs> they was creepy. Don't know how computers work. Would you have liked that? <laughs> would you have
1: liked that if, like, no, it's all weird. of a sudden, like, some dudes like sending you pictures and you're like, "Where's this coming from?" Yeah,
2: that was also it's true, creeper, man. I forgot what
1: it's was, creeper yeah. alert.
3: Especially if it was the 80s and you'd be like, "How did you do that?" That's yes. this technology isn't available. Yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not yeah. possible. Especially That's diabolical. They, they
2: definitely would not have connected computers within with the, hi- the library right. so you could chat with each other because we'd never go to class yeah. we, do you want to talk stop talking just keep typing what you want to say to me
1: yes Yeah. <laughs> and um harry dean stanton as the dad i didn't i i think the 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 vehicle for that was just to show that andy you know had you know some trauma mm-hmm.
2: mom left hmm He's he's really good though. He's wonderful. He plays
1: the same guy I in know. every that's, single. I know, film. and that's
2: why I probably I like him because in most movies when I see him, I like that he's
1: character. a ho- he's a drunk hobo in
2: every <laughs> single film.
1: I didn't
3: like his <laughs> tiny robe. No. <laughs> and his underwear that he's hanging around with his daughter. I thought that that was weird. A lot. Oh,
2: that was just normal in my house.
3: <laughs> okay. We yeah,
1: okay. we
2: all walked around in our underwear. Drunk so. hobos <laughs> walking.
1: in. And out. Yeah, I don't know. Like he all he looks like he's from the nineteen thirties on the rail. He does. You're right.
2: Every movie. Yeah. One Magic Christmas. One Magic Christmas, who's yeah, yours? I, I could go on. Hmm. And uh, I think this, was this the first on-screen appearance of Andrew Dice Clay? Probably because... Oh,
1: he, that's a funny line. Yeah, he, he did well in this film before he became controversial. He's just himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's called Dice yeah, the, or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, who was offered the role of Ducky first? I did put it in the notes oh, and turn it down. That. Trivia. Anyone, is anyone?
3: That, I well, I know because you wrote it in the anyone, notes. anyone. <laughs> no it way.
1: was Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, right. So he did uh, get the offer of Ducky, and because uh, John Hughes basically, there's a lot um, on online about how John Hughes just hung out with Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall mm-hmm. as like friends, which is a little mm. bit <laughs> interesting because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was in his 30s, but that those two were his muses, right? So. He did turn this down, and this was the turn for both actors leaving Sean Hughes.
2: And wasn't it he turned it down because he thought it was too uh, of, too much of the same type? I think so. He started to branch out and yeah.
1: try some different things, and this, I believe this was the the mm-hmm. collaboration where he said, no, I'm done. Yeah.
3: I think that was a good decision on mm-hmm. his part. I think he... I Maybe it's just because I watched all these movies in the last two weeks, but I... I'm happy to have had a break from him. Yeah. I couldn't see John him as Cryer. Ducky. Does it, yeah? John perfect. Cryer is very good in this yeah, movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And I just wanted to put in that there was uh, the original film, it was Ducky that was going to get yes. Molly Ringwald, mm. yep. Then they tested it, no one liked it, and it fell. So the producer said, No, you got to give it to Blaine. John Hughes was really upset by this. And he had to do it, I guess. And then so he wrote a film, another film within two days, I think, um, to course correct. And Mm -hmm. that was uh, some kind of wonderful. Where it's basically, and I think, Mary, you noted, it's basically the same film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which we will get into. It's a worse version of (laughs) (laughs) of this.
3: But I think think her ending up with Blaine is... The right choice, yeah, completely. Yeah, I do. I don't, know. I don't think she. Well, Mary
1: did say like it would be someone that she would gravitate True. towards, whereas Ducky's way too out there. Maybe it's
3: to me. There's a bit of entitlement of people saying he, she should have ended up with Ducky. It's like she didn't like Ducky. Mm. She wasn't attracted to mm-hmm. Ducky. She was attracted to Blaine. She loved. Right. She liked Blaine. I don't know that they're going to get married, but I think at they're, the end of they're this only going to go out for two, three weeks, probably. Yeah, and I. But I think that makes sense for. This character, like I feel mm. like that's that's what
1: it breaks the formula though, because the formula is the underdog wins,
3: right? See, and but I like Blaine's this... not
1: an underdog, that,
2: and that's where I would say that the formula typically is the rich guy wins. Well, no,
1: in John Hughes movies, he really plays up the underdog winning. You got Often, you got Bender, but, you've got oh yeah, I guess Molly Ringwald, but Molly Ringwald is the underdog, yeah, to Jake,
2: but but Jake is the not the underdog. No,
1: but Molly Ringwald plays yes. the underdog in that. Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess you know, I guess Molly Ringwald is the underdog in this one anyway as well. So Jake and Blaine are the same guy. Yeah.
2: And maybe in this case, uh because with the the reshot ending, Ducky sort of he accompanies Andy into the uh the gym and they're sort of they've made up as friends mm-hmm. and then he seems to have gained some confidence or his own mm-hmm. certainty in who he is that he's let go of that uh, seeking her or, or trying to demand her mm-hmm. um, so then it, in that way he, he reaches his you know, a better place.
1: Who does he end yeah. up with, Mary?
3: Uh, Christy Swanson, yeah. I believe that is. That's yeah. like
1: like, and I guess he did okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does well and I think he, I like how he sort of um, matures and tells Andy that that Blaine had come by himself and... He sort of tenderly tell like encourages her to do what she wants, and I think that's I like that. I think it's I like very much like the ending of this movie. I'm glad she doesn't end up with.
1: I think Joel and I want Ducky. her with Ducky because <laughs> we were losers. Uh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> we're one, like yeah. maybe she'd she like, like a oh, loser. Wait, she Which, wasn't supposed <laughs> maybe, to be with Ducky. <laughs> maybe she'd like a loser like us. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't think Blaine is that much of a winner. I think she could probably do better than both of them to be honest. Well, she but... could have got
1: James Spader, and she turned <laughs> him down. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Ridiculous. That's actually
3: sadly who she probably would have been. I would oh, have
1: gone with Steph in a heartbeat. <laughs> that dude, as soon as he's got that smoke going. Mm, ah.
2: Oh, now I understand your friendship with Stefan. It all starts with James Spader. Right. No, he's nothing like <laughs> he's James nothing Spader. Like Steph, James- the
1: name was just embedded deep no, down. He's I I with all due respect, he's he's not as cool <laughs> as James Spader. He's cool.
2: <sighs> Smoking in the hallway.
1: May, I think he may may have done that. He actually, probably yeah. did. So, <laughs> maybe he is James Spader. <laughs> You'd have to ask him. Try and catch me. We're just talking about uh, Tiger. You guys know him as Tiger. He yeah. was on our action podcast. Okay, um, we're going to move on now. I think, Mary, you're pushing this into the... Would you be proud if it went into the time capsule? Oh,
3: absolutely. I think it definitely deserves to be in there.
1: Joel?
2: Yep. I would, I would place it inside.
1: I, I would be fine with it as well. So uh, we're going to move on now, and we are heading over uh, to someone like John Cryer Mm -hmm. but it's Matthew Broderick this time Joel yep I said it before and I'll say it again
4: life moves pretty fast you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it what is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go? Syphilitic meningitis. He never gets caught. This guy in my biology class said that if Ferris dies, he's giving his eyes to Stevie Wonder. Well, he's very popular, Ed. I recall Central Park in fall. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude.
5: Think he'll be alive this weekend? I can see him denying
4: popular beliefs, setting off on some impossible mission jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whenever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything.
5: Oh, he's such a sweetie.
4: Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste.
1: Chicka bow. Oh, I wonder what one we're doing next. Go ahead, Joel. Oh,
0: sorry. We're probably doing The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. That was also that in
1: there. Yes, it was, sir. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was also in um, The Secret of My Success. Look at Simon pulling out
2: the lesser known movies.
1: Great film, by the way. We got to do that one soon.
2: 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, starring Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck is Cameron, Mia Sarah is Sloane, uh, Mr. Rooney played beautifully by Jeffrey Jones, uh, Jennifer Grey is um, is Ferris's sister, Jeannie, and uh, other um, part bit part actress, uh, Edie McClurg is Grace, the receptionist. She's awesome so many different things. And we see, uh, Charlie Sheen and Ben Stein. Uh, so this was written, directed and produced by John Hughes. Uh, other, yeah, their executive producer, Michael Chinich, who did blues brothers, pretty in pink, some kind of wonderful Plain trains, and automobiles, uh, also produced by Tom Jacobson who did uncle Buck, um, and Jane Vicarilla who did weird science on, and the other Hughes films. So, as Jeff let in, uh, the soundtrack highlights "Yellow." Oh yeah, this has to be like top in the top three of biggest songs. Not necessarily best songs, but just the it's biggest. It's a stupid songs. song. <laughs> it was but, huge at that time. But the way it's
1: massive, used, the way it's used is amazing. Yeah. And it's the- it's a stupid song. It's nonsensical. <laughs> the writer, I just don't want to go down a rabbit hole. The writer um, and the guy that went. <laughs> oh you yeah, he's like um a mi- like a billionaire. Like really? he was an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, he did music on the side. He was he was an investor. So mm-hmm. he's the guy laughing. So because we can go. Oh, it's a dumb song. But yeah. he's like whatever. Well, I just did it for fun. And
2: that's probably what he said with every million dollars he earned. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. High school student Ferris Bueller wants a day off from school, and he's developed an incredibly sophisticated plan to pull it off. He talks his friend Cameron and his girlfriend Sloan into heading to Chicago for the day, where else would you go, with the help of Cameron's dad's prized Ferrari. While they're taking in what the city has to offer, school principal Ed Rooney is convinced that Ferris is playing hooky and is determined to catch him. Ferris has anticipated that much to Rooney's chagrin, and has a number of elaborate tricks up his sleeve. Did
1: um, our friend Roger
2: like this film?
1: Gave it three out of four stars. How come they like? When I'm looking the stuff up, I thought it was just thumbs up that those clowns did. No, I
2: think they did that later. Oh, it it became Roger Ebert. Oh, okay. I think it when there there was conflict. Uh, Okay, so he said. In all of his films, adults are strange, distant creatures who love their teenagers but fail completely to understand them. That's the case here, all right? All of the adults, including a bumbling high school dean, are dim-witted and one-dimensional. And the movie's solution to Cameron's problems are pretty simplistic. But the film's heart is in the right place, and Ferris Bueller is slight, whimsical, and sweet.
1: Um, Joel, mm-hmm. why did you choose this film for the cinema time capsule
2: Ferris is a lot of things that I was or am not. So he's daring, he's charming, he's a spontaneous rule breaker. And at the same time, he appreciates his friends, even though he takes advantage of Cameron repeatedly. And like all Hughes films, adults are generally foolish and try to prevent fun from being had. And Ferris outwits Mr. Rooney at every turn. So I like that idea, even because I was definitely not that. I was the rule follower, probably still am to some degree, and um, so this was uh, sort of living in a fantasy for me. Um, I would never think of doing anything close to this. So it's a Either bit vicarious uh, for me. Um, and also seeing uh, Chicago as a setting is a major character in the film, which is just, I'm, as we've said, common to Hughes, but different from all the other uh, places when it's in L.A. or New York City. So... Just a different background. I the thought story.
1: you were daring. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why? We used to spread uh, a fellowship all over the place. <laughs> you wouldn't even care. <laughs> Mary was daring too. It's true. She's Very on the stage. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who would that, do that?
2: Not me. That's crazy.
1: Uh,
3: Took me a while to build up the courage, huh? though. I guess be, what Ferris isn't a senior, so he's had a lot of time to.
1: Right. True. Right. He he's... seems like
3: he'd always have been this confident, though. I right. think mm-hmm. he's just. Yeah, it's in him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, any quotes? I don't know any.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's my the three favorites. One which everyone knows of, just Ben Stein repeating Bueller, Bueller.
1: So, as someone in the classroom, and I'm sure Simon has done this, I've done this 150 times. <laughs> yeah. I like call. I'll ask someone. Bueller, said, yeah, 100 percent. And everyone will be like, What? Like well, this is forty years later. You like have you you've done that? I've seen you do that.
0: For sure. But you have not seen me do that. I have
1: walked no, I've literally walked by your classroom and heard that. You have not. It's true. You've but probably I have done, done it. it. you nobody you've, gets it anymore, but you've probably done you've done it this year easily.
0: Actually I'm not gonna get into it. I haven't done it this year. Then well, you did it last year. I do, got, it, got I do like it four weeks the time.
1: Left. Like, when I bore myself and I can tell everyone else is bored, I will do the Bueller thing. And no one's like, what? I don't no think kids anything.
3: would watch, would get this movie, though, and watch it now. Like I've watched it weird. with my own kids. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I think people still like it. Because yeah. it's pretty, um, multi- like, expands the generations. There's not yeah. too much anchoring it to the 80s.
0: It's no. pretty iconic if you've seen Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds. Right?
1: I have not. Hopefully the kids haven't, and I will not.
0: <laughs> so, at the end... <laughs> Why, what happens? Okay, so first of all, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of spoiling her a little bit here, but as we all know, there's the huge... Well, not huge, but he comes back at the end. It's like the mm-hmm. first yes. post-credit scene. Right. Oh, it, and yeah, he yeah, tells yeah. everybody to go home. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like... I mean, the Marvel movies are famous yes. for having yep. that post credit scene. Oh, are they? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in Deadpool, <laughs> he... Recreates as Deadpool, yeah. the exact scene oh, at the cool. end of Ferris Bueller. He's wearing the same robe, oh, got yeah? the same wallpaper. Huh. He says exactly the same thing. <laughs> that's cool. But he's dressed as Deadpool, so it it's still out there. It's yeah. still influencing things. The
1: only way I'd watch Deadpool is that he did an entire remake of Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> I would that, watch in that in that costume. In that costume, yeah, that would be I would amazing, watch that. Actually. I don't, and I don't even Ferris remember what Bueller other movie is it
0: was. But I've Deadpool. seen other movies where like people are running through the backyard and yeah. they stop and they talk to people. That's it's yes. like all, it's all influenced by Ferris mm. Bueller. Yeah.
1: People just lo- love those, those tropes and then use them throughout, I mm. guess. eh?
2: the, the other two I, lines, things, I didn't even
1: know that. Um, I had, honestly, I've never seen Deadpool, but that would yeah. be a pretty interesting way to end mm-hmm. the film for sure. they pull me in.
2: The, uh, receptionist grace. She's a awesome. line. Yeah. She has lots of good lines. They Which all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. dude. That voice she has. Yeah.
1: She's um She's throughout so the eighties. She was in the Tons. Um, she was in um an outfit called the Groundlings with oh, yeah. uh oh. Phil Hartman, um hmm. um Elvira, um, hmm. um Pee Wee Herman, they're all in this oh, like really? comedy troupe. Hmm. So you'll see them throughout I think Jeffrey Jones may have been in it. Okay. But they're like there was a comedy troupe yep. in the eight seventies seventies and eighties where they um, kind of jump into each other's movies. It's mm. still around, I think. The Groundlings. Yeah. It's kind of it, like it, SCTV. Yeah, Second City. Or uh,
0: Second City. It's yeah. more like Second City. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like Second City,
1: hmm. not SCTV, which was the TV show, right? So, um, I thought she, yeah, she was awesome. The way she played off uh, Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, their chemistry is great.
1: The it's attendance so scene, where the attendance is changing. We, yeah, you know, we were talking about that already. And then he starts yelling, her name, Grace! Grace! <laughs> Grace! Yeah.
3: yeah. He's, already at, he's already at 10 out of 10 at the beginning of the movie and then somehow he still manages to...
2: Which now I'm trying to... I'm thinking back to, I wonder if it's a connection to Christmas vacation. Remember when uh, Grandma can't hear? Grace! <laughs> the blessing! The blessing! <laughs> the same shouting,
1: the word, but... Yeah. I love the scene where he... Um he's keeping it together and he's running in the hallway and then he stops at every door (laughs) and he walks nonchalant and then he
2: just speeds up again, (laughs) walks
1: nonchalant. I love that
2: guy. And the, yeah, the, the scene where uh, Cameron is pretending to be uh, Sloane's dad. Rony. And, and when he gets all, he's so convinced that (laughs) this is Ferris. Yeah. And then when Ferris calls in, so he's like every turn he's anticipated, this is what he's going to think it is. This is how we're going to respond. And watching them freak out together yeah. was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I love those and scenes. And he's
3: telling her to drag her old bones in or something like <laughs> the old corpse. We oh, have yeah. to see a corpse yeah, before yeah. we can. Yeah, that's really funny.
1: Joel, what else did you really enjoy about this film?
2: Well, uh, there's a scene at Wrigley Field. So I love baseball. Uh, yeah, I love that scene. The, all the stuff that happens, like, and we were talking about everything happens in a, in that day i uh, mm-hmm. like that it was uh, like mary said before uh it was 90 minutes it's non-stop there's not uh not dragging it over several weeks this is all happening in one day and it's like you know 10 minute blocks of this is the activity there then they go on to this next crazy so... thing you can't believe they're gonna do <laughs> um and i liked that it was condensed in that way um and this was an outlandish romp. Like, yeah, there's I've no tried, way you could do all this I've stuff, tried yeah. to
1: recreate sick days like that <laughs> and thought, like, I'm, I'm doing all this. I can't even get out of my pajamas by noon. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. uh, like, he ends up, they go to, like, a, like a baseball game's four hours, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? especially
2: back then before the pitch clock, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, like, he's sitting, like, he's... he's, he's the, un- the Rube Goldberg machines that he sets up in his room that would take at least three to four hours to <laughs> even yeah. set up. And, you could have been
3: doing that through the night, though, in fairness. and the he, was,
1: he was actually, there's a scene he's talking to the audience, and you can see he's got his trophy, and he starts mm-hmm. threading mm-hmm. things yep. through. So he's doing it ad hoc. He's right. just coming up with these ideas. Wow, he's a genius. He's obviously it, a genius. I couldn't do that.
2: And he has the technology to uh, recreate <sighs> all this stuff. like snoring? His snoring uh, on a floppy disk. <laughs> no, see, he, I always he, assumed
0: he felt, this was a routine, he had done this before obviously right, right? So he, he didn't just make it up on the spot it wasn't ad hoc he just knew he had done it planned it all out Like he's got many he, times his before.
1: um uh recording machine talking about like mm-hmm. he's sick he's got that set up yeah. but it was the um the synthesizer yes. that he had everything programmed into it. and yeah. I when I was a kid I wanted that yeah. and I thought I'd be able to do it and I could only do chopsticks
2: on it <laughs> when I finally got one I was kind of bummed yeah would be and there's a lot of fourth wall in this one, as mm-hmm. Simon referenced. The other movies all had maybe one scene, two quick ones. This one's spread multiple times throughout the movie, which is entertaining that he's bringing you in like you're in, uh, along. He knows you're there as the viewer and you're along for the ride cheering yeah. him on.
1: I think that's why I liked it as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I could come along and have fun like that mary did you did you dig this movie more oh, yeah. than, more than weird science or
3: um it's tough but uh <laughs> yeah it was like it was like a normal version of a movie so it was good <laughs> no, it was good I love the uh I love the art gallery scene I think that's my favorite in the Chicago Art Institute of course i I think I relate more to Cameron than I did to Ferris mm-hmm. and uh the scene where Cameron they're they're playing again that Smith song that I love and um and it's just the instrumental, and they just show these art pieces. And I think I read somewhere that John Hughes would, talked about going to the Art Chicago Art Institute when he was younger, and it was like a really special place hmm. to him.
1: Yeah, when he was a teenager, that was his, yeah. his sanctuary.
3: Yeah, so he would go. And so obviously, and you can see there's a lot of love in that scene, and it slows the movie down for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very different pace. Yep. And then um, Cameron sort of closing in on that uh, that George Surratt painting like the pointillism in the little kid um yeah
1: i thought that was really as a as an adult it's now i understand what the the technique was and mm-hmm. it's neat how it drills into that and you can see it mm. yeah
3: yeah that's a really that's a great scene i think yeah it's a, it's a very funny movie too it's like it's yeah lots of laughs lots of it's a great pace i agree with you it's like perfect pace there's not a slow moment in it, and when it is a slow moment, it's for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fun romp. Um, the one thing I realize now, as an adult, I think Ferris is a horrible human.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I wrote, is he a sociopath?
1: He is not. <laughs> he's not kind. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah. not nice. Why does everyone love him? Because mm-hmm. people are you know drawn to people like that, I guess. Mm. He totally takes advantage of Cameron. Oh yeah, I he felt does. bad for Cameron. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, he when he drives the car away without. Like he does, has not asked him for permission in any way. He just no, takes, he, he steals st- the car. It's basically. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it is, <laughs> and that car. It's really upsetting seeing that car get destroyed. Like
1: Cameron, it, poor Cameron has an anxiety disorder. He's mm-hmm. got obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. disorder, mm-hmm. Um, which uh,
2: comes by naturally given how his he's treated. Yeah. by his by his dad in the movie, it appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: he's just and and Ferris totally takes advantage mm-hmm. of him, and I feel badly about Cameron the entire film. Mm -hmm. and i'm angry at ferris a lot of the movie (laughs) yeah even as a kid i was angry at. yeah i think i was too yeah i I didn't think he was a hero
2: i i'd like you could relate to cameron Mm -hmm. more but i think that's why within the universe of the movie then like okay well he's the cool guy and none of this is real so Mm. sort of overlooked that because then at the end they they do make it more real when he's finally apologizing and seeing what this is going to do to cameron but it, yeah, well, it feels too little, too late at that he point. He ruined
1: a two hundred thousand yeah, dollars car. That's yeah, we yeah. See. So, well, and his Cameron technically garage. did it fine,
0: but he was gaslighted into doing it <laughs> <laughs> before we knew what gaslighting was. Speaking of the car, sort of a historic car, the, in that it's not a real Ferrari. No, Ferrari wouldn't let them destroy mm-hmm. a Ferrari, so they made a reproduction. Yep, and then not that long ago. That reproduction sold for more than a that's real amazing. one would go for because it, it was in the movie. Right. So, huh.
1: that's amazing, man.
3: Do you like when the guys are driving it around?
0: Love it. Well, we talked about like I how, found that stressful. <laughs> like, the,
1: yeah. When they first launch off, it's oh. to the Star Wars theme, and we were talking about how would they get the rights for that, and why would <laughs> mm. George Lucas even do that? Like well, George th- Lucas
0: doesn't own the rights to the music, or John Williams? I don't know. John Williams does. Are you? But, really? uh, well, the the publisher yeah. and the right. people are composer very guarded right now, with their properties. Their, but the I, would, music. I wouldn't have been surprised if George Lucas had purchased that in some way. I don't know. But, I yeah. honestly don't know. But licensing songs doesn't. Most of the time, you can't really. Mm. If you're the writer and yeah. you don't own your no, own no. publishing yeah, yeah, rights, yeah, I mean, you okay. have no say. But okay. but I so.
2: and possibly at that time too, if they knew
0: this is going to be a big hit hey, we want this much money. And they're like, sure. I couldn't well, see it Well, and back then, no. it didn't cost as much money true, to license. True. Oh. It, that's a more recent thing that massive amounts of money needed to license a song.
1: I, um, I really related more to Genie because like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what? no, I don't want, why does this guy get to have another day off? Right. I'm working my butt off. My parents are always on my case. Mm-hmm. This This is the prince. He can do no wrong. Everyone in school is
2: buying it. They're like raising <laughs> money the for raising him, Safe Ferris, Ferris, which, you know, did you know, is a, uh, a band that was popular in the uh, early 2000s? Oh, uh, like called Safe Ferris? Ska, a ska band? Yeah. No. Pop or pop punk If they ska. were in the 80s, I'd listen to yeah, Do you engage with anything outside of the no. 80s, just? No, why would I? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, The only reason he speaks to us is because we were born <laughs> we're prior to the 80s. The yeah. Okay. 80s yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> 2000s now. I don't know that band. Why would I?
1: was all made anything good was in the
2: 80s. Mary, you made an interesting note that I didn't know. So, can you explain this? The, the there's a
3: theory that I don't even know where I heard this that this whole movie is actually Cameron's fantasy where he like Ferris is his alter ego, almost hmm. like a Fight Club. <laughs> really? Situation where he's he's living this this is actually him, but okay. he's imagining that he's that he's Ferris. Hmm. I, think I could it's kind see of that. An interesting- I yeah.
1: hate that idea though, because that gives <laughs> me more anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now he's disassociating. I don't like that. No, it's just Fight a- Club did the same thing. When I found, I was like, I will never rewatch this again because it just upsets me. Right. But I love in the notes, Mary, that you you actually wrote: "Is he actually a sociopath?" <laughs> you, <I laughs> because when you, so I was watching it, that's what I kept because saying. as an adult, you're going through and you're like, "Yeah, this is like this is not correct behavior." Yeah,
2: every single turn when Cameron says no, some, or someone tells him no, he's just like, "I'm going to ignore that completely and do whatever I want." The yeah. game, and the it stakes all, are high. It always works out. Yes, like there's nothing that goes wrong for him, um, even when he gets found out by his sister. Then she rises to defend him yes. when Rooney is then like mm-hmm. breaking into their house. So well, that matters more than you cheating. Right. So
1: there are people in history that do get away with. I'm not going to talk about present people, but there's like people <laughs> that seem to get away with everything, and yeah. they're propped up by other people, and it seems bonkers.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, who happen. knows? Maybe Ferris could be the next president, right? We don't know. <laughs> well, and and to be fair to Jeannie. You know, a, an adult man breaking into their house is probably more important than her underage brother but, skipping school. That,
2: but I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a binary. Like, ah, well, since he's yeah. doing True. something re- way worse, then I will let you off. But she wants trip. to get
1: him, and she yeah. has him, and yes. then she
2: was
3: like, "No, nah, I'm yeah. gonna let him go."
1: Um, I do love the scene with Jeannie and Charlie Sheen, though.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's weird to see him.
1: It's just like it kind of comes out of nowhere, but it just it's awesome. Like she's found her guy,
3: <laughs> and she's so she's fine in
1: she's, the police station. Yeah. He's a felon. <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: He it's so this is so off the wall, but. Charlie Sheen, I grew up always thinking Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez look so different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is such a weird thing to say. But I watched this and I was like, but they look identical. (laughs) They look identical. (laughs) And And they both look exactly like their father. Okay,
1: but did you even know that they were related? I didn't know until like the late 90s. I'm like, what? They're brothers? I think
3: that's why I didn't know. I
1: didn't know. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. One's Estevez and one's Sheen. Mm -hmm. And, oh, um, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah, but why does he look like identical to Emilio <laughs> Estevez? Charlie, Martin Sheen looks identical to Emilio Estevez. He este- does. He does. And I, I think, didn't put the two but together. But I think yeah. if
2: you put the if you put Martin um, and Charlie side by side, mm-hmm. that's probably, they look the most obvious. It's only if you then bring Emilio in. I think
1: Emilio um, is a dead ringer really? for, I, for yeah, Martin. I, I think and Martin if was, you look at Apocalypse Now, you're like, yeah. oh, that's Emilio, <laughs> Emilio Estevez.
2: Oh, he wasn't born yet.
1: Yeah. So anyway, Estevez is their true surname.
2: Yes. Okay. So this goes in the cinema time capsule. Yes? No?
1: I would say say it's not my favorite John Hughes teen movie, but I would definitely think I wouldn't be surprised if people love this film. Mm -hmm. Like the generations love this film, young
2: and old. Yep.
3: He's a righteous
1: dude. He is a righteous
2: dude. Although, yeah, that's misusing that title because there is nothing righteous about him. (laughs) But people think. (laughs) Yes, it's meant in the slang term for sure. People think he's a righteous dude.
3: And Cameron... Just the character, the actor Alan Rock, right? Yes, he is so good in this. He was like
2: thirty years old. Yeah, he looks really old. <laughs> he, was That's the way, only thing. he was way. He was way older. They gave him bangs to hide yeah. how
3: old he was, but he's um, he's really both of them very good. Yeah, I
2: think he was almost thirty in this okay. movie, and then uh, Matthew Broderick was like middle to late twenties.
3: Yes, but he looks young. <laughs> he can he can pull off yeah maybe late teens. Mm-hmm.
2: I
1: I don't know. I think. Ferris can't get a free pass, though. He made his best friend catatonic. I've never done that. <laughs> in spite of your best efforts. I've done some dumb things like that, but like I've never made yeah. anyone catatonic, right? <laughs> no. Right.
2: Well, it only ha- uh, did it all- I ever make dealer? you catatonic? Almost, there was you? that. There was that one <laughs> like episode so. where I felt fell into it a little bit. Uh, you noted that. Sorry for making catatonic. Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald were offered roles in this. Yeah. Do you remember Which what roles? roles or just like they would have had bit parts and
1: No, I think they were offered the, the big mains. roles. Oh, yeah. really? Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I've just had enough Anthony Michael Hall, I think. Yeah.
1: Well, he went on instead to do Johnny Be Good with uh Robert Downey Jr. and with Thurman. So oh, Okay.
2: And it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well that one wraps up Ferris. We've All got right, well, one movie left. I'm yeah. going to throw a little trivia okay, trivia at there. you here. Uh, so there was a TV show did you know that oh I did there was a yeah one yeah. season 13 episodes uh then it got canceled uh what was it? shatler um, Charlie shatler was Ferris yeah I, and he was
1: in I think he was in 18 again with yeah. uh George burns
0: a lot the majority of his credits are are uh, voice acting after that but you know who played genie in the TV show? Oh, I think you've it was stumped? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. Nice job, man!
1: There was another TV show hmm. similar to it on Fox. Dude. Yeah. And Parker yeah. Lewis yeah. Can't, can't lose. lose. Yeah. that was, was the one I remember watching. I watched, I, rem- that too. I watched Parker Lewis. I I watched like one or two episodes of Ferris Bueller.
0: Yeah. But yeah, par- I remember Parker Lewis can't lose. I think Parker was, Lewis was a, made a great show. I'm yeah. thinking of. It was seemed very inspired yeah. by for sure. And I I don't know. It always seemed like. Oh, well, since Parker Lewis is doing so well and they basically just stole our idea, we should make a Ferris Bueller show. But it only lasted like 13 episodes, like Mm -hmm. I said. So... Mm
3: -hmm.
5: Maybe you
4: wanted to go out. I'm going out with a girl tonight, and she's beautiful, and everybody's in love with her, and she's going out with me.
2: I just want you to get off the dime and think about your future.
4: She's beautiful, and obviously, in the middle of some emotional shootout, do consent to date the human tater tot. This is 1987. Did you know that a girl can be
5: whatever she wants
4: to be? I know. My mom's a plumber. I'd recommend you keep your eyes and your mind off my property. Cut it out. Bunch of my own business. Really, it must be a drag to be a slave to the male sex drive. I didn't say anything about sex. Oh, want to start a book club with her? Anytime somebody from the outside lifts a woman from a guat like Jen's, man, we could all find cause to rejoice. You walk out on me, where are you going to go? I want to show this girl that I'm as good as anybody else. I know how you feel. You've been in love before. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. He got a shot to be the first guy in his family who didn't have to wash his hands after a day's work. Break his heart and break your face. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me?
0: This isn't the third grade anymore. Oh, you're only 18 years old. Then I'm 19, then I'm
4: 20. When does my life belong
5: to me?
1: we're back just a uh, piece of john hughes trivia can someone tell me the actor that has been um in the most john hughes films oh
2: where's his name
1: don't we well, can't look it up it's you can't do no, that it's Capullos. in our notes Capullos. yeah
3: Capullos. john capalos that's no, what i would that guess.
1: is incorrect guessing, really it's so obvious that you don't even know it's so obvious simon don't even look it up <laughs> you're oh, who is it then who is it he's not is it Come
3: anthony on. michael hall
1: it is not anthony michael hall Come on, you're going to kick yourself. <laughs> I probably will. Should I just tell you then? Yes, John Candy.
2: Oh, 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 see, we were thinking just around this. The realm,
1: the yeah yeah. He's in. He's he starts off in. Um, he stars
2: or has bit parts in bit parts so many in yeah. Like yeah. he started off in
1: National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. yeah, and just John Hughes used him, used him, Man. and he became a mainstay. We miss you, John. I know. Yeah. It's so great. there you go. There's your trivia. I'm glad I stumped you.
2: We got to do that. We should do a, a John Candy theme.
1: Right now, we're not <laughs> going to do the deep, last we're getting, movie, yeah. we're, guys. We're going to do gonna a retrospective. This. Yes, six hours. Yeah, all right. Um, Joel, this is our final film, mm-hmm. and uh, this ends the um, really the the cycle of two teen movies that John Hughes puts out in mm-hmm. the eighties. And take it
2: away. Nineteen eighty seven brought us some kind of wonderful rated PG
1: thirteen. S-
2: oh yeah, sorry, PG thirteen. Uh, it starred Eric Stoltz as Keith, Mary Stuart Masterson as Watts, Leah Thompson as Amanda. China Phillips was uh overlooked by uh, my co-host here. Uh she was Mia, which Who's, was uh Mia? she was the girlfriend of uh she I don't think she spoke anything. You oh, had to be okay. paying attention to oh. She was the girlfriend of the uh the big jerk. Um and then,
3: oh, the one he was cheating on mm-hmm. Amanda yes, with. Yes, oh, yes. Did she her? hold on
2: for one more day <laughs> <laughs> until things went her way? Yes. Okay. And then Candace Cameron was in this as the little sister. She was great. She was a cutie patootie. Very cute. Mm. So written and produced by John Hughes, directed by Howard Deutsch, uh, who, as we said, did uh, Pretty in Pink and also The Great Outdoors. Oh, he directed Great Outdoors? Uh, yep. Yep. Oh, wow. And the producer was Ronald Colby, who was the production manager on Outsiders. I just threw that in since that's a movie we like. Great Outdoors, John Candy again. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was in that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then uh, the soundtrack, I would say that there, this was not an interesting one. There were no standout tracks. And I have to say, because we live where we do, because uh, we were commenting off mic about how um, some of the... One of the movies has a song, the title, that doesn't get used in it, which was strange. And this is another one. So um, some kind of wonderful, obviously, the hit song by the Soul Brothers Six, which was written uh, and performed by John Ellison, who lives in Dundas. Wow. Uh, so he's our neighbor. Um, and, but it was more well known as the Grand Funk Railroad cover. And it's not in there, which is a huge mistake obviously because it's an awesome song Mm -hmm. uh but then yeah the little band uh again with the english uh theme the rolling stones they really didn't do much my favorite band Uh, but the uh they performed miss amanda jones and i think there was another version in the movie another band covered it too if i remember correctly i did did you
1: see what i put in the notes yeah, the opening song is horrible. It's horrible. Like, I can't even remember it now, but <laughs> I was watching, I'm like, this is yeah, stupid. It's a really bad opening. Yeah, it's like where it's Sixteen Steve. Candles had a wicked opening mm. instrumental. This one was just dreadful. Yeah.
2: So... I this, didn't even look it up. I just so... <laughs> this movie, this song stinks. Yeah. So Keith is a high school student and mechanic in a working class family. While his father's wish is for him to attend college, Keith is more interested in arts His best friend is Watts, while the girl of his dreams is the popular Amanda. When Amanda breaks up with her wealthy boyfriend, Hardy Jens, come on, no one's named Hardy, at least not first name, Keith asks her out, and uh, she accepts to upset Hardy, but the rich boy plans a scheme to humiliate the couple. Yeah, man. Meanwhile, Watts discovers her true feelings for Keith. So the tagline uh, was probably the best part of this movie. Uh, We'll out before they could stand together they had to stand alone i don't mm. get what that means well they
1: have to stand up on their own two feet you yes. can't be part of the clique
2: yes you have to or be they can't own. form their couple they need to know who they, they need are to know who themselves. you are
3: yeah. mm, i don't know if that really
2: comes i don't true even know, that that don't
3: know. They, they probably came up
1: with a good line is Hot
2: okay Bye, <Menin. laughs>
1: Did the critics love it? Because they've loved every single movie so far.
2: So I didn't look at uh, what our friend Raj uh, had to say, but the New York Times uh, said that some kind of wonderful produced and written by Mr. Hughes, very formal, and directed as Pretty in Pink was by Howard Deutsch, has a much wider appeal than its predecessors. It has a light touch, a disarming cast, a well-developed sense of humor, and a lot of charm. It also shows off, even better than the earlier films have, Mr. Hughes. uh, Keen understanding of the world his young characters inhabit and the ways in which they might behave. What would a ninth grader do if her father poked his head into the classroom one day and said, hi, honey, in front of all her friends? (laughs) That's simple. She'd scream. I love that
1: scene.
3: Would they? Um, (laughs) Would she? By the
1: way, um, Roger Ebert gave it a three out of four.
2: Okay, so
3: he really liked these.
1: Yeah, though he never gave any of them
2: four. He gave them all three out of four, which maybe he's just a perfectionist. Well, they're not Oscars. Could be perfect, but
1: he felt he said Hughes always gives the characters the right to be real, and by the end of some kind of wonderful, I felt a lot of empathy for these kids, Hmm. Hmm. especially Hardy. Hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's the most likable.
1: Um, Joel, why did why did you go with this one? Why did you choose this one?
2: this is the i would say the least well known of hughes's teen films and i remember as a teenager when we were digging into mm-hmm. these for, for me for the first time because this one wasn't one of the popular ones that had been talked about then that attracted me to it um the contrarian thing yes you like that i do you're like ducky that way yep okay uh, just with less fashion sense um and confidence uh So I remember. I think I still might have this. Maybe I finally got rid of it, but I had it on VHS, which I uh, you know had in the plastic case because uh, when you'd buy them secondhand from uh, the video store, you never got the the box itself. It was cut up, so I had that, Um, and yeah, because it wasn't as big or flashy as the other films, and I appreciated that. Still had plenty of the '80s teen movie tropes and fashion. Uh, but there was something understated and different that made me appreciate it at that time. So uh, when these were our options, this is the one I grabbed. Yeah, I get
1: that. I dug it too at the time. Um, Mary, did you dig it at the time?
3: I did. I really liked it um, when I was younger, for sure. I think I liked Keith. Uh, I liked. I loved Mary Sarah Masterson. Mm. Like I, Five Green Tomatoes was one of my favorite movies. So it was great seeing her in this role at the time, and she's a, she's a good actress. I think all of the actors in this movie are really good. I think they're all um, good performances. The only one I would would say is not great is um, the role of Craig Sh- or Craig Sheffer playing Hardy. Mm. That's t- really bad, a really bad character, really badly performed. I think. Mm. Maybe no, just based deal, on the
1: chin is why they picked him.
3: <laughs> I, but I again, another no. '90s movie, Jeff. I don't know if you've seen any '90s movies, but a uh, River, so, yes, A River Runs Yeah, I, I do. I don't I revisit him. them as much. Okay. I
1: remember him from uh, Nightbreed, which David Cronenberg oh, no, also I definitely one. did. Not. Yeah. We were watching different That's movies. A <laughs> plays <laughs> a, he plays a monster, <laughs> okay. a sensitive monster, <laughs> oh, but he's... a monster nonetheless. I liked him in that. So no, he he can act for sure
3: yeah i just don't think he was given much to to work with probably no. um but he's yeah the, it, it's it's definitely like a, a care it's a character like stuff like the rich kind of jerk character but he's it's not it's so one-dimensional
1: hmm. um there's only one quote i remember mm-hmm. do you know the quote
2: that the uh you you break his heart i break your face. yeah
1: price. yeah like that's the only memorable quote for me but it's very memorable well, I thought there, there were cool. a couple
2: ones that stood out uh, f- when Watts says, I can't afford to have you hate me, Keith. The only things I care about this world are me and my drums and you. Okay,
1: if uh, first of all, if someone said that they would break someone's face for me, they would have me in an instant. <laughs> are you kidding? You would? <laughs> I don't care what you look like. If you're going to champion for me, I'm with you. Mm. I'm not chasing after someone else. Big fan of violence? She's a drummer too. I could form a band with her. <laughs> That's true.
3: Yeah. 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 She's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, as we'll get to that, she ends up being my favorite character by far. Mm-hmm. I thought she was the the best actor in the movie. She carried the scenes she's in. I thought she was the best. Um, Keith, I thought I liked him. When I remember back, I liked him because he's a low key main character. He's not. He's not flamboyant like Ferris. Uh, he's not the rich kid uh, who's, you know, basically tapping into his sensitive side and you know lowering himself <laughs> socially to the other characters to be. Oh, isn't he great? He's not like the rest of the rich kids. He was never that way. Um, watching him now, I didn't love the performance. Uh, I and I think it's. I don't really like Eric Stoltz as an actor well, now. Watching him, I think. Um, that's just how, whereas uh, Watts, Mary Stewart Masterson, I thought she was awesome. Every every scene she was in, I really, really liked. I thought she was very believable. I liked the, how she grew into her own self in some ways. Um, she was just who she was, and she wasn't going to sacrifice that. She was you know, the, the girl that didn't fit into the stereotypes. She loves her drums, and it wasn't like, oh. She uh, loves her drums too much, though. But did you see her play? She was really good, so it makes Mm. sense why she she was better than you. Uh, mm. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the
1: fills and stuff were kind of fake. Well, yeah, probably. Um, The one thing I do appreciate about John Hughes is he hires gingers. Okay. I, was, I actually was going to put I've that in and I forgot guys, who likes redheads I often felt marginalized as a ginger yeah, and you guys don't understand so you're it you're representative we, there, we, I was called horrible we marginalized things. you I was called horrible things in high school I'm not going to say some of them I'll say them off air they involve a lot of that and you can't see my motion so you can people out there so as a marginalized um, redhead because we genetically we we're a dying breed <laughs> right. um i was always enamored that he went towards the um, mm. the redheads yeah And that's – my wife, again, claims that she decided on me because of the John Hughes (laughs) use of redheads because, obviously, he made us feel welcome Mm. (laughs) on earth.
3: And he's got two. Like, there's a a love between two redheaded people in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interestingly,
2: I I didn't love Leah Thompson's performance, but she won an award
1: Either. Oh, I, I thought
3: was, by the end she was really good. Yeah. I didn't
1: love her either in this. Yeah. I was on
3: the date. I thought she was quite. It was like she sweet.
1: was. Mm. Uh, the date was sweet. Like I the think the rest
3: of it was stupid. But she was. There was nothing to work with.
1: Keith mm. he, is a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. Like he's a weirdo I'm sorry. Like the he's whole. Weird. The I put it in the notes. The whole train scene. He's walking towards a train. Yeah. Like, dude, we know how <laughs> fast the train's going. You know how fast the train's going. You know exactly when to get off. You're not a tough guy doing that. Yeah. So don't do it. Yeah. Right? Mm. If you want to look tough, jump on the train. Right. But I didn't appreciate that yeah. about him. It, like, it's he's trying it, to show that he's aloof. It, and well,
2: and it, yeah, it's a bit of a cheap scene to that to like th- show, oh, he's he's in the know, but the train conductor isn't.
1: He's creepy. Mary, yeah. is he creepy? Eric Stoltz? Or it, this uh, character? Keith. Uh, if someone drew a picture of you. And then gave it to you. And
2: no, no. put it in a, in a museum and then oh, brought yeah. you to the museum to but see it. he
1: was sketching. Don't you remember? He was sketching in the library. And he yeah. had to
3: hide it from the boyfriend.
2: Like, if you found that out, would you
1: think that's endearing? Or would I you think
3: that's a creepy ginger?
1: If it was Child of the 80s. If we were in the library and Child of God, the 80s okay, had g- been... Um, I got I to gotta admit something. I drew several pictures of you, Mary. <laughs> they were stick they figures, were stick though. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> they were. So there, I said to Joel, "It was Joel." Uh, when he caught me, but don't you think that's weird? Kind of weird, I don't like someone sketching you.
3: I didn't find him creepy in this. Movie, okay, actually, I just, to be honest I with just you. thought I it was the, a creepy. The guy thing. she was going out with was such a creep. Maybe he mm, overshadowed. True. Maybe that's it. Um, Can we
1: talk about him for a minute? Sure. I thought he was like a mob boss. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think he was in high school. He was... Because everyone likes to do their fan fiction. The guy's... Keith comes. I don't know why Keith came to the party to fight him. No. Yeah, so stupid. So that was a weird. That was a weird part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, how come Hardy's? I'm gonna say he's two fifteen. <laughs> he works out. Yeah, um, he's probably MMA fighter or something. And he's like, go take him outside and beat him up. Who does yeah. that in high school? Yeah, like you have like you a, have minions. You have like thugs yeah mm-hmm. so i thought that was a weird yeah. addition to write that but I in guess to it show, didn't seem authentic
2: it's, it's the i think it's taken the rich kid trope to the next level which you would yeah. more see as adults you're right not <laughs> mm. as teenagers um yeah like i
1: could see like a mob bossing take take a mm-hmm. most i work em over yeah boys. although
2: then notice the reverse the thing i did like A bit, or again, it was idealistic in his throwback to the uh, Breakfast Club scene with all the kids connecting in the library. Is the detention scene. I love the detention. When he becomes friends with Duncan uh, and the other kids. So this, it, it sort of reverses it when Duncan and all the other bad kids show up. To defend Keith, I like that then, scene. Then he he basically does the same thing. You guys go ahead; we'll take care of him. Yeah. So it's just the reverse. I did yeah.
1: really like the um, the detention kids. Like I thought they were cool. <sighs> you didn't like those guys, Mary? No. Why? What What upset you so much? I just when he ripped the desk apart. <laughs> it's not believable.
3: The first of all, the I was guy. in detention
1: when a guy ripped a desk apart. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The Sorry. The
3: main the main skinhead character mm-hmm. right. is balding so he looks like, he's like <laughs> he looks some like he's of us in his were balding 40s. in high school no you were not <laughs> some of no, us he were he's referring he, to me it looks like he was in his <laughs> i'm not
2: referring to you you weren't balding in high school yeah. you were
3: yeah i don't think so my, ha-
2: my hairline was running away from my face no he was losing it on yeah, top yeah. like how yeah. an older person he definitely was an adult he, he was,
1: was he, he was into his 30s for sure
2: <laughs> yeah
3: uh yeah i think that's exactly what happened i think they're trying to just set up that dramatic scene at the end mm-hmm. where they came in and
2: he... but i like i liked that again only because it was idealistic mm-hmm. that Misfits. Pop- yeah that and but not a little bit that but also just like we can relate we don't have to be we don't have you're to, the skinhead yeah. and then you don't like me and you know there there actually were black kids there though unfortunately there were black kids in detention Uh, Yeah, that's where you only only see them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that was bad. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, don't like that. Also in Um,
3: Weird Science, when they go to a bad bar, that's how you know it's bad. Oh, yeah. I didn't remember that was
2: so
1: weird. Yeah. Not Um, good. The South of Chicago Blues Club, right? Right. Yeah. That was in Weird Science. Yeah.
2: So, but I like the idea of this is, we're we don't have to be so different. Again, it was idealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I appreciated was that, that the Amanda, uh, by the end of the movie realizes I don't want to be defined by my relationship right. I don't need a, a boy or a guy to well, give me uh, my identity so it's yeah. it's, a, it's a bit it might be weak and I, I like to say I didn't love her Amanda, performance yeah. but
1: Amanda was um, a part of the class struggled exactly the same as Molly Ringwald yes. mm-hmm. except she was on the in crowd right mm-hmm. Right,
3: and she had kind of compromised herself to, mm-hmm. to be there Right. And then she decides that she's going to I-, I thought that was good. What about the whole idea of him spending every single cent that he has to nice. buy a pair of yeah. diamond earrings? I'm sorry, yeah. guys. I did not get it.
1: Yeah. I am I'm just gonna say, um, if it was my kid, I would hit the roof. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just spent three grand on a pair of earrings.
3: Yeah. And it's almost set up as though there's gonna be a point to it. There's like no he, point. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. No, but he just he doesn't ended, know what he
1: ended his possibility of. And <laughs> well, by the way, art school. By the way, yeah. I yeah. think right? if I'm his dad, I'm saying, no, no, stay as a mechanic. Like, forget yeah. the. Right. You're going to make way more money yeah. than. And do you, art on the side. Exactly. Food. I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. counsel him. Yeah. But I would say you know, they're being returned. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I like the Wouldn't dad. Wouldn't
3: you? Absolutely. I totally identified with yeah, the dad in this movie. Like scene. I yeah. thought
1: that was the most nonsensical and that's where the movie kinda of took a turn. Like I even as a kid I'd be like, I'm not I'm not yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go buy a new guitar if I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Like, that's stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, this one felt maybe in line with what we said of Hughes's pattern of putting things together and this one yeah. It seemed like the magic had worn off. Uh, yeah. and he was writing uh, the same style, but it just didn't have the same mm. connection and magic that the previous movies did.
3: They'll slap together to me. Yeah. Would yeah. either
1: of you um, appreciate someone pulling a fire alarm to get into detention for you? Would you appreciate a felony committed for you? A
2: school level felony. I, I would have been I just love I the way he pulled it and detention. he just kind of yeah. just waited
1: and yep. then the teacher went, okay, come. like, you no, know, the police would be called and you'd yeah. be charged.
2: Would you? Right? Did we have at during our age? Did we have like glass covered fire alarms? No, people did break? pull them. People I know, but but there's those ones were like
1: no, they weren't glass covered. Yeah, yeah. And and there is a dye on them, by the way. Oh yeah, I have touched them, <laughs> and it's a purple dye. That just, was a myth. Is it I true? I always want so no, could, it's true. It is true. Have you ever touched one? Go touch one on Monday. It's you still touch there. It.
2: Really?
0: Touch oh, it. Oh, you mean now? Touch it. Uh, actually die the one outside my room has a it's it like a, a box, little right? electronic box yeah that you have to take out yeah. before you can pull the thing down mm. and i and one of the kids knocked it out and it makes like a really like a, almost a car alarm type noise. i'm mm.
1: deathly afraid of the fire alarms and even as a, a leader in a building yeah. i'm like I, I see when i move
0: away from it so it scares me i had to touch it to put the box back you bet you were scared no he was scared. Yeah. It was a little stressful. <laughs> see? But, yeah, see? but see? I, I don't know if I'd nothing, say it was scared. Simon. The kid oh. did it by accident. I sure. Simon, he stuck around and clearly, took responsibility. Clearly, yeah. Simon
2: did this on purpose and is blaming He wanted child. to touch the No, it was dying. that kid. The kid did it. The
0: moral of the story is I didn't get purple hands. <laughs> so Did you actually touch the white part? I had to to put the box And back. you didn't get purple. I did not get purple. I think I think this was a dream you had, Jeff. Well, guess what I'm doing Monday. <laughs> Just can you, it was him don't do it on my prep okay i don't want to have to leave but it's prep. here
1: anyway guys that's way too much on fire alarms but it's a serious <laughs> offense don't do it and if someone does it for you that's a red flag
2: yes okay
1: am i right about that mm. do, would you guys it. like it, that I think, like, I
3: think there was much more problematic stuff would you be like oh he's that.
1: so sweet he, <laughs> he 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 committed a felony for me You'd it be depends. into that? It depends. Okay. I was, the,
2: I was the kid that I would have been just mortified being in detention, so maybe I would have liked that.
1: Well, you never been in detention? Heck no. Oh, no, oh I did. Gosh. Definitely in
2: elementary school. I got one once, I think. What? Never again learned my lesson. I spent a lot of time writing
1: lines. <laughs> I was really good at writing lines. And then the teacher would say, you can't do them in columns, because I would do them right. all in columns. <laughs> yeah. And I hated when they made me do it on the full scap which was like bigger than eight and a half by 11. (laughs) It was so, when the full scab came out, I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Sorry, Joel.
2: You never committed any felony. Minimal. (laughs) Awkward sounds. Any other uh, thoughts on this one? Good, bad, indifferent, ambivalent? I I think I was,
1: I was mostly, um, indifferent by the, this wasn't the last movie I watched, but I was indifferent about it, um, just because it was fairly evident that that was this was a re, uh, this is a course correction of Pretty mm. and Pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, ah, I, I'd watch Pretty and Pink again and again. I don't need to watch this mm-hmm. movie because it's yeah. already been done. Right.
3: Yeah. And Pretty and Pink's much better. It just even looks better. It looks more mm-hmm. professional and sort of I don't know, just yeah, much better. I think he yeah
2: he stuck with the. Keith is working class, and let's see that all the way through um and I think because he was um less outgoing i that's why i re- related to him as a teenager um I wasn't on the in crowd, but now yeah i didn't didn't love it
1: um, just why does she <laughs> always have to carry the drumsticks? I just didn't understand mm-hmm. that. Like Simon, do you carry your saxophone everywhere? (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: like do we identify with our? Do you you see here? Right, never opens.
2: (laughs) That's the case
1: beside me. I just thought it was. I just thought it was weird. Like, yeah, we know you play drums. I guess we saw the montage, the the opening drum solo.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Any things that you, uh, yeah, didn't love about it? uh, Other things? Most of it. Yeah, <laughs> liked that it was over. Mary was this better
1: it was than nice Weird and Science? Short. Yeah, um, oh, come on.
3: I would put it in the weird. I would definitely put it above Weird Science. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sixteen Candles, I was the worst one, and then well, I don't know. Weird Science. Those two were the bottom for me. Okay. This one is. I would. I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't actively shut it off if it was like. Well, in that's my, a challenge. In my presence, but the other ones I would be like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And there you have it, folks. So there you go. That's Some why. kind
1: of wonderful. So I'm not putting it in the cinema time capsule.
2: No, I don't. no not when we have the other options. That's okay.
1: Um, right after our break, we'll come back and we'll tell you which film you chose for our cinema time capsule in the John Hughes teen movie rundown. is the time in the podcast where we tally your votes. What was the Cinema Time Capsule John Hughes teen movie that should go in? Um, Mary, what do you think should go in?
3: Like if you had to pick one of the six? I would choose The Breakfast Club without much hesitation. I think Ferris Bueller is also a contender because it's kind of a timeless one, but in my heart I have to go with The Breakfast Club.
1: Joel?
2: Yeah, I after re-watching all of them, I think I would land with the club yeah well. just
1: even like just based on the outro
0: alone i would pick <laughs> and build from there i would pick breakfast club too simon what would you say of all of them? Well ferris bueller is my favorite right but i think the breakfast club is the epitome mm. of the genre of hughes teen films mm. like ferris bueller doesn't quite fit with the rest of them it's not mm. that doesn't mm. have quite the same themes right. Breakfast Club is the epitome of the '80s teen film. Mm. It should go in the time capsule for that.
1: All right. So, Joel, without further ado, go ahead. Tell us our results from worst to first. Yeah.
0: So,
2: bringing in the rear, in sixth place is some kind of wonderful, two percent of makes the sense. vote. Uh, in fifth place, Weird Science. Yeah, that makes sense. Three percent. I get it. Sixteen <laughs> Candles also had three percent, so that was fourth. The next step, we're now on the podium, Pretty in Pink, 9%. Okay, okay. So, it's between the but, one and but, the two. Yeah, these are the uh, the biggies. Expected, yeah. So the silver medal will go to Ferris Bueller, 25%. Congratulations, Ferris. And the overwhelming victor is uh, the Breakfast Club, had 58% of the vote.
1: Nice. Yeah. Clearly, we didn't forget about it. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. So, Mary... Um, the movie you championed is now going into the cinema time capsule. Yeah. Wow, it's
5: what's honor. One for,
1: you're one for one. <laughs> Congrats, That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Well, uh, we, thank you. We really like. Um, we really enjoyed having you on, and um, we really appreciate your thoughts mm-hmm. and um your efforts on this podcast. So thank you so much for
3: coming on. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for
0: the donuts. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. And my also donuts. Mm-hmm. Off mic a minute ago. Mary said she actually listened to other episodes, so thank you for that, yeah. too. Oh, welcome. I'm a fan. That, most of all. Wow. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. What a day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As always, we appreciate all of you watching with us, so please check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Send us a, a comment. Email us uh, your thoughts on the podcast, maybe your favorite movie from our selections. Uh, send us an audio message at cinematimecapsule at gmail.com.
0: And we'll see you at the movies. This has been the Cinema Time Capsule Podcast. For more information about Cinema Time Capsule, please email us at cinematimecapsule at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Simon Wielden. The theme song was performed by Bruce Tourney and Simon Wielden. Thanks for listening.